welcome to <laughs> TVverse Podcast. On the Ultimate TVverse Podcast. It's me, Steven, and my co-host, Chris. So... <laughs> so... I got to say what is up right now. Well. Thank you for <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> so, I think everybody's trying to recover from the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Rocky in the first fucking movie, man. It's just beating the hell out of us. All we're trying to do is make it to the 12th round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how many more rounds it's going to go. <laughs> oh, shit. We're still in the first round, man. <laughs> Everybody else is almost done. We're still in the first fucking round. Maybe the second to give a little leeway. <laughs> uh, I hope all y'all are staying safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't shake hands. Make sure you keep a little safe dif- distance. If you're showing severe symptoms of coronavirus, get tested the best you can. And be safe out there, y'all. We hope for your good health. And, you know, listen to the CDC. They are a good uh, fountain of knowledge. I guess you're being a good informer. <laughs> I'm trying to, dude. I'm trying to. It's it's important, man. It's important to kind of keep this shit like as uh, contain it as best we can. Yeah, pretty much. You know. And double check your sources, by the way, <laughs> on any information. Double check your sources, please. It's very important at this time. Very important. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Be safe. And. And those people are worried about don't like being quarantined. <laughs> I don't Man. mind it because I'm used to it already. <laughs> I know, right? We're introverts, so we're like, okay, so live our life. Okay. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, you got people like licking things, like just going around in stores licking things. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And touching everything. It's like, what the is wrong with you dude i saw oh my god i saw on twitter they have like this toilet challenge where they lick the toilet bowls in public bathrooms they show no. the, yes i'm dead i'm dead serious i had to show you the video on twitter it's so fucking stupid there's one person no. it was a <laughs> one girl licked the the toilet bowl in the in the air in the airplane bathroom and then another oh. kid did it in a public bathroom. He tasted disgusting. He's, he, he had the, the gross mouth in his taste. Like, dude, it's like, I why can, would you do that? You know, it's disgusting. I can see body parts. I can see someone remove a liver, a lung, a heart, anything like that. A brain. I've watched someone remove a brain, put it in ice. And prepare it for transport and shit. But that right there, oh fuck no! I'll you with the stupid challenges. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like that's worse than the cinnamon challenge shit. And I heard that people are trying to drink bleach to get rid of the coronavirus. I'm just like, yeah, Why? yeah. <laughs> They're actually 
Alex Jones got a cease and desist saying that the product you're offering, quit trying to say it cures Corona or uh, COVID-19. Quit trying to promote that it cures it because you're full of shit, pretty much. (laughs) Like COVID-19 is kind of an offshoot of SARS and uh, MERS. But yeah... It's kind of an offshoot of that infection. Yeah. But it's got its own qualities and whatnot. But, like, Donald Trump even tried to say, we're going to buy the cure and we're going to have it for the U.S. only from Germany. And Germany was like, damn. Yeah. (laughs) Germany's like, yeah, about that. The CEO got fired and they replaced him with the person who built the company. I was like, dude, Germany. Fuck yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all. They they mind their p's and q's, dude. They really do, especially since you know that one thing. What they try. Way, what a way to be greedy for a fucking cure. Well, they they try and be like important on the international stage, and not in a bad way because they you know had that one thing that happened. And and Germany stepped up for that shit. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool, cool. Because, like, the Dutch, I think, Germany, and I think Netherlands or something like that. Another Slavic, na- or not Slavic, but another Norse nation. They're all getting pretty close, but Germany is the closest. They're about to start human trials. Yeah. So... Dude, well, I hope he pushes through. So. <laughs> I do too. And I hope some of these bills to help lower income, like you and I and whatnot, uh, I hope they uh, get pushed through and are able to help us. That that would be really good. We need to stimulate the con- economy. Yeah. And those will help. Do- like, if you give money to poor people and the lower class people, It'll stimulate the economy better than give it to rich people because rich people are going to be like, fuck off, man. I'm going to hoard this shit. That means I'm richer. I got bragging rights. (laughs) But poor people are like, I need this. I need this. And the money will go back to them. That's exactly. It goes back (laughs) into the economy and stocks. Instead of doing buybacks, stocks will raise naturally. Yeah. It actually worked that way. But I, I just want everybody to stay safe and, you know, mind mind your interactions, mind your habits, and just, like, if you follow basic CDC protocol, doctor protocol, whatnot, you should be okay, except for maybe things will happen at random. You know, just be safe, man. That's what counts. Be fucking safe. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Because, like, my wife has an 80-year-old mother. My mother is, like, 60, I think. Um. And so, like, because somebody's being a dumbass or they got the wrong information, it'd break my heart Yeah, to find out they got it. And my wife is uh, immunocompromised. Yeah. I think she'd survive it, but I think she'd come out the other end with complications, long-term complications. So, like, yeah. 
I mean, it's no joke. So, yeah. But so people be definitely safe. take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be safe. We love our audience. Please, please do what you got to do. And remember, the federal government right now is not doing anything. But keep it local. Keep your community strong. Build your community. And y'all can get through it a lot better off yeah. in that way. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah, let's get let's back get to the start. <laughs> Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you. <laughs> well, let's talk about Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, give description of the scenes of the episode and we discuss them. That's how we'll start. Right on, man. It'll be, we start with Jamestown and then... Out, out of gas. gas yeah yes two of my f- these are my two all-time favorite episodes because that not only are they character development but they really show e- like every character's true thoughts and ambition yeah and <laughs> and process of handling their existence and how they live so yeah this is these are the one these two episodes made made me fall in love with Mal. Oh. <laughs> and not Jane. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Look, I've been drinking. Just like Wash, I've been drinking. But yeah. Come again? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, because you God know Jane's is the name of is the name of the episode Jamestown. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The hero of Canton, the man they call Jane. Which, oh, by the God, way, that's so Tom long. Waits. <laughs> Tom Waits is the singer and guitar player of that song. Really great artist. If you've never heard of him. Oh man, check it. If you like blues and stuff, check his stuff, man. That dude is like all heart and soul. He's got a he's got a blues voice. He's a he's a good actor, but like he's got a great blues voice. Tom Waits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so I'll start describe I mean describing episodes. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just start and forget about doing the summary. So Kaylee and Simon are talking about swear words, but after seeing Nara, they see Jane putting bandages on himself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he tries, but it's all his fault because he ignored the basic order of the overall of what he's doing, which was there are no weapons on Kenton. Yeah. And he's trying to med tape a gun to his abdomen. Yeah, I saw that. I thought he injured himself, but then I saw the gun. 
Yeah, and that <laughs> face he makes when he starts tearing, because you get, you know, like med tape, you could tear that one part and tear it all the way through. But, dude, Adam Baldwin, he's got some hair. He's got some, like, chest and belly hair and shit. Man, I'm yeah. sure that hurts. <laughs> I don't know, but it was kind of nice to see his chest. <laughs> I hate to see it. Right on, right on. Yeah, he's got he's got a nice he's got a nice build, man. He's, you know, he's got I don't a really think he's nice not build. like that anymore. <laughs> I think he's gained a little bit more weight and stuff. He's kind of rounded out a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, he dude in that series he he had a nice little build, man. It's like yeah. yeah, he was kind of like in hockey terms or. Kind of any other sport terms, he was kind of an enforcer. He was there for the muscle, not for brain. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what Jane basically is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that player is important in your crew, man. Yeah, I don't know. He was definitely hot there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. I do not at all. <laughs> I do not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Mal walks in and he's like, um, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I'm strapping up. Uh, why are we talking about what's already been decided? Because uh, they have like a strict laws uh, on Canton about carrying firearms. Yeah, no firearms allowed. And it's like, why are you? Why are we discussing what's already been decided? That's it. And yeah, uh, you know he has to tear that tape off his like. It's not overly furry, but he's got he's got a decent amount of uh, hair. Yeah. He's he's got. It's not overfurred, but he's got like that good amount of fur, like enough, just right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stop digging myself in a corner. And it's just so funny <laughs> when he pulls a tape and he's like, ah, <laughs> oh yeah, that look he has. He's just like, <clears throat> dude, med tape. Me and my wife both, man, we go through med tape a lot for our injuries and stuff. Dude, med tape is no joke. Yeah, it's a light stick to your skin, but when you get to hair, dude, that stuff is no joke. It can hurt. Yeah. But yeah, so like they decide... Or Mal decides, he's like, what? Why are you challenging me on this? And I like how Simon ends up being like the front man for their little uh, con. Yeah. You know, the conversation with Kaylee and Simon was kind of funny about the the swear words. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, when do you when do you use the thank you? When do you use these? It's like when I'm in bed or whatnot. It's like, no, I use them when necessary. 
And I I have that opinion. Unfortunately, my idea of necessary is very different from other people's. So they're like, you cuss like a sailor. And it's like, well, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I I grew up on cursing. <laughs> Sad. I necessarily didn't. I just learned how to be effective with it. Yeah, my parents did not care about cursing. They just... They curse in front of the children, and then we end up cursing, and we just... Yeah. Just curse it every single time I talk. It's just an arbitrary standard. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And, yeah, I like that conversation. And, you know, like, Kaylee is so surprised... Yeah. And she's like, what? what? You have, like, I don't know, I guess you have, like, a, a relaxed, loose personality, which I see that. Yeah, he does. Uh, that surprise. Yeah, and he does, but I, I can understand that surprise from her perspective. Yeah. And that conversation is so, like, amusing. Yeah, it sure was. So yeah, Nara splits her sh- with her shit to do her job, and Serene, and then uh, while Serene lands on on the land, Miles decides to let Zoe, Shepard, and River stay on ship, while Miles, Simon, <laughs> Jane, and Wash explore the Clay Town. Right. Okay. So <laughs> Nara's taking a client, the son of the head of Canton. Yeah. And then Jane, Zoe, or no, Jane, Mal, Wash, and Kaylee and Simon are trying to look for their contact. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to put Kaylee in there. (laughs) I noticed. (laughs) Yeah, because they have that moment, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it has a really good line. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. I like that line. Simon talks, then Simon talks to the man that owns the clay factory. And they walk around as they're talking. Mal decides that they should have time to explore before deciding to buy any clay or clay or mud. I like Wash's reaction saying, who is this guy? Who is this master of disguise being so sarcastic? It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kaylee was like dissing oh. Simon on how he's trying to be so proper to the to the guy who works at the clay factory. Kaylee's like, eat shit and die to Wash. <laughs> and... It's like, it's a process, man, from Kaylee's perspective. It's like, it's a process, man. You got to learn how to do how to do the con, which is true. But, like, yeah, Kaylee's just like, eat shit and die. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very amusing. Yeah. We've all had those people we stand up for. It's like, dude, if you if you get through this stupid stuff, they can be useful and be really good at things. And Kaylee had that kind of thing going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're they're walking around the factory and they 
and the crew can't seem to understand why Jane is hiding some weird getup. Oh, but they run into a statue of Jane, and it looks suddenly surprised. <laughs> before before we get to that, before we get to that, in order to get Simon to play along with the con, Mal starts describing him. Oh, you're clean cut, pretty. You know, you got the pretty clean fingernails. You play the part. And, like, to get Simon to agree, he's just like, stop describing me and I will fucking do it. (laughs) Pretty much. He doesn't say fuck, but, yeah, pretty much. He's like, I will do it if you'll stop describing me. Oh, man, that was such a good way to, like, kind of manipulate him and kind of steer him to do it. But, yeah, and then the statue and Kaylee's reaction to the statue was just golden. Yeah, everyone was, everyone was golden. Everyone's reaction was golden, everyone. It's just so Wash is like, Wash is like, this must be what crazy feels, going crazy feels like. And then Kaylee's like, the eyes follow you. And then, uh, who was it? Uh, Somebody else said, oh, Wash, I think, says, they look kind of angry. Kaylee's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jane always has that, like, he either looks constipated or angry. Yeah. Yeah, this is apparently Jane... I mean, apparently Jane has no idea, but he he feels he feels that he probably is probably because he dropped something from the ship and ran away. Right, he <laughs> had he, uh, he the baseline. Yeah, he had like a baseline explanation that kind of gave you an idea of what happened, but not truly. Yeah, yeah, and I thought they, I thought that story, that story. I guess lead. I thought they they played that really well because he he tells a basic story. He doesn't even tell about something else that's very important to that story, yeah. which we'll get into. Yeah. So Jane Jane also wants to leave the town, but the rest of the crew wants to stay and explore the reasons why the why the statue is in the town. Right, and they're looking for their contact, somebody to uh, smuggle the goods out of the town. But the town is very weary and restricting of outsiders. So they don't, and they don't really handle smuggling very well. Yeah. Basically, their idea of minimum sentencing for smuggling is well, you're going to die. Yeah. So, so yeah. Then it, it cuts to a scene where Nara is talking to the wealthy man about the job for the day. Yeah. Which is and it, to have sex with her with his son. <laughs> yeah, he gives the like the lowdown saying, Oh, well him being a virgin is a disgrace, which by the way, is fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, you decide your own sexuality and your own deci- your own comfortability to lose your virginity. I'm sorry, having sex doesn't make you a man. Yeah, it doesn't. Not at all, really. 
<laughs> right? And I love how Inara shuts him down. It's like, yeah, you need to go outside and wait. <laughs> I love that, man, because she is such a strong woman. Yeah. And I love that. It's like, yeah, you need to fuck off right now because you hired me to do a job. And in the military and stuff, they have a phrase, if you're not helping, you're hurting. Yeah. And she kind of like exercises that opinion or that fact, really. Uh, If you're not helping, you're hurting. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just like, well, and she's like, no, no. Taking off. You can go fuck it. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. I just love the next scene because the next scene was that it Shepherd sees River talk about the contradictions of the Bible. And yeah. She, and she mentions the Noah's Ark. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then you get the point where he's like washing up. Jeez. Because they have a fight about the content of the Bible. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's contradictory and it doesn't actually sustain truth. It uh, It's pretty much something that contradicts itself. It doesn't actually add up to fact. Yeah. You know what's funny? Because she actually makes valid points in this episode. Oh, no. Totally. Totally solid points, man. Like, she, she really approaches that subject... Being just really not only self-aware, but externally aware. And I was really, like, happy about that presentation. Yeah. Because you get a lot of bullshit when it comes to secular or atheist or agnostic views. Yeah. And she really portrayed that, like, really nicely. Yeah, she did play that really good with the with the atheist kind of point viewpoint, kind of like that. yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So <laughs> we get the second part of that. It's just funny because he tries like it's just I put that he tries to convince her to stop worrying about the contradictions and have a leap yeah. of faith and make it real. <laughs> it's it's not about faith, but basically it's not about faith, it's about the strength that can give you. Yeah. Which is, is I can agree with the degree of truth of that and Yeah, 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 I can agree with that. It's it's people pushing bullshit on you. Yeah. Or or just straight up blindly agreeing with bullshit. But like, yeah. To like, I told a friend we made recently in our community. It's like I told him, it's like, you know, they have some really good moral stories in there, but they also have some really bad ones. Yeah. But you take the moral stories and you adapt to it and learn the lesson from it, and you take the unmoral stories, you adapt to it and learn the proper yeah. message from it. That's all I take is the Bible as life lessons. I don't really don't believe the stories that they have in there. <laughs> yeah. It's all allegory. Yeah. Lessons to teach you. It's all like pretty much all allegory. And then there are things that match up with things in history. 
And then they use over-exaggeration allegory to make them relatable. Yeah. Like, that's that's my opinion. Yeah, I think the human stories are the only way to make it relatable. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like with certain people, until it affects them, they have no empathy or understanding about something until it actually affects them. Yeah. And things like the Bible, reading those stories can affect them. Because yeah. they, see, they see that humanization, which shows, by the way, like these are really good at that too. They show a humanization of people that are at the brink or people that are like separated from humanity or trying to keep up with their humanity, etc. But yeah, it's a good point that Shimon's of Noah's are because it's like, how would you fit every single t- species? Two of each species of animals. It's like tons of species out there in the world. <laughs> you can't. You <laughs> <He> can't. <laughs> because you have everything going to the Middle East. And then once you do that, you're talking about like kangaroos and the stuff in Madagascar and things like that. You have all of them going to the Middle East. Which, by the way, kiss my ass, Jesus wasn't white. <laughs> he lived in the Middle he East. That. Really, he's fucking brown. <laughs> I mean, just to be real, like Jesus was brown. Like, granted, I look like a white Jesus model, and I have fun with that. But yeah, I look nothing like what Jesus would look like. But yeah, no evidence for the flood. No. no- uh, like getting all those animals there and then not only that you have to account for specimens that would be in the ground from that kind of event you can see that kind of event in the layers of soil and rock and then how how did kangaroos come back to the art to the middle east all the way across from Australia. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then or get the back. koala bears, too. <laughs> koala bears, too. Which, by the way, be careful. Koala bears, they can give you chlamydia. Oh. Okay. They won't give you, they won't give you the clap. They'll give you the whole round of applause. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, you can get chlamydia from uh, koala bears. But yeah, how can you get that kind of stuff? Or things like in Mesopotamia or in or what was Mesopotamia or things like in Russia or polar bears, polar bears. How did polar bears do that? Yeah, I'm wondering, did the insects count too? (laughs) Yes. If you go by some, yes, insects count too, man. And it's like, so you're telling me you did not have a food chain problem. Not only that, the amount of things you'd have to take to feed everybody else. Yeah. Dude, that is chain. ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. That's ridiculous. <laughs> 
it's so insane to do those numbers. Like I've watched people and I have a bit on my own done those numbers and they are so outrageous and ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, how can you do the, how, how can you believe the numbers presented to you? Because it's so ridiculous that if anybody could understand numbers in the sense that they're projecting numbers, you should know. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. But, but yeah, okay. Jane not Jane sees the statue. All well, the crew sees the sees sees the statue, and they all have a really good reaction to it. The, we have to. The crew are still talking about the statue in the bar, but then <gasps> all. But then Wash spits out the disgusting alcohol, and Jane mentions, oh, Jane mentions it's called mother's milk. Mother's milk. No, you missed one. You missed one. Because Wash talks about the planet he visited where they juggle geese. Oh, yeah, that story. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, hey, we need to visit the planet where I saw people juggling geese. <laughs> and then you get into the bar and you get Mother's Milk, which Mother's Milk is actually a real recipe. Yeah, I know. They do mention that it was real. <laughs> it, it does. And it actually factually holds up. They, uh, which, except for the part that slaves built pyramids, it wasn't slaves. It was actually workers that volunteered. And they had whole communities and whatnot. But yeah, it's pretty much like protein, calories, a bit of sugar, and alcohol to help with pain and stuff. Yeah, Sugars, protein, energy, etc. Because Simon explains that it's liquid being called bread water and they use it for Egyptian slaves. That's what he, he said. Yeah, it's like, well, not bread we have now, but old school bread. Yeah. Old school, old school bread was a lot more nutritious and could sustain you a lot better than the bread we have now. Yeah. Our bread now has way too much sugar. <laughs> I, I mean that. I mean, we're fucking American. If if it doesn't have sugar in it, fuck it. <laughs> especially especially for poor. Yeah. Like yeah. So old school bread though, which is one of the things that called like um that caused the uh, witch trials. Because that bread is also susceptible to certain growths that can be turned into LSD. Oh, wow. Yeah, but you eat enough of it, it can cause dissociation and hallucinations. Not in a good way, like LSD. In a really bad way. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's something that caused the witch trials. Definitely wouldn't want to try mother's milk then. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this sandwich is kicking in, bro. 
<laughs> it's kicking in real good. <laughs> no, it's kicking in in the wrong way. <laughs> so yeah, then uh, as you're talking, a man comes by asking if they know a man named Kessler. And Mal, yeah. Mal pretends that they do, and so they're willing to get the man's possessions from him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's kind of like, he plays it really smart and in between. Yeah. He plays like juggling the fence on it. And yeah, he's like, I knew a guy named Kessler. And they <laughs> gave him a little peck. Yeah, this is funny because the man actually falls for it and he just leaves and... Well, it wasn't that he fall, fell for it. It's that he was like that. He took over the power vacuum that happened. And the little peck was as they took the guy and killed him. Yeah. And Mal's reaction is like, yeah, they peck pretty hard here. Yeah. It's more about like think of a raven in your eyes. That's their peck. It's like, <laughs> wow, that motherfucker's hungry. Yeah. Oh, so they have to prove to him that they're not like plants or spies or whatnot. And that's when the whole storyline really turns around because there was one person who noticed Jane. So go ahead, take it away. Yeah. So then suddenly after the man leaves, they see another man singing about Jane that stole from the rich and gave money to the poor, basically calling him the Robin Hood. <laughs> the hero of Canton, the man they call Jane. The lyrics are pretty good for that. I don't know how they came up with that so well. Tom Waits, man. Tom Waits knows some pain and shit. Tom Waits, dude, he is a great musician. Um, but yeah, and then there's another like kind of tween or teen kid who notices who he is. Yeah. And runs off. And they the conversation for that is so awkward. <laughs> It just no. uh -huh. go ahead. No, I was just describing the next scene. Oh, uh, go ahead. The conversation between uh, Jane and Mal. It's like, do you know what's going on? He's like, e even back to the statue. He's like, I have no clue what the hell is going on. <laughs> That dynamic, man, it made it just really wonderful. Because Jane's just like, whoa, why am I like a hero here? Why is all this shit? And then they slap the mother's milk out of his hand and give him actual true whiskey. Oh, yeah, that was, that happened later on. Because <laughs> he does mention the story about that he, he starts to remember at the, when they mention the name Higgins. He starts remembering how to how he decided to draw money off a ship to save his own ass. 
<laughs> yeah, but he doesn't really mention a character that takes a large yeah, part. Yeah, he didn't mention later that on. later on. But yeah, he's like pretty much the thing I did was in for survival, and yeah. his thing for survival ended up helping out the poor. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, it's a good deed. Even though it wasn't direct and by purpose, it's still a good deed. And that's that's one of the reasons I like Chain. It's like, yeah, it wasn't direct, but he did realize he did something better, and he was not necessarily mad about it. He was scared about it, yeah, because he could face re repercussions right there in front of him. But, you know, he didn't necessarily, like, show anger or anything about I like that about it. So that kind of shows some of his strength as a person. Yeah. And it was kind of funny when the when the bartender decided to give him whiskey. <laughs> yeah. He slaps the mutter, mutter milk out of his hand. He's like, Hero Ken ain't drinking that shit. <laughs> Good impression. Get, get your whiskey. Good stuff. <laughs> Under the bar. And like, yeah. Everyone was so, sharing, like, excited. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like that one kid that identifies him. Yeah. So then later when they leave the bar, actually, in a group, after they meet up with the guy who's really uncomfortable about being recognized. Yeah. Uh, Jane being recognized. They leave the bar and they actually have a group of people recognizing Jane. Yeah. Which Mal's, Mal's reaction is great because it's like, it's all part of our plan. And then it's like, yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> Dude, flying on your feet is important in something like that. Yeah. If you can't fly on your feet... Then, then you're failing. Yeah, that's all there is to it, man. You gotta fly on your feet. Yeah, and then there's a scene that cuts to uh, it goes back to River going to talk to Shepard about the Bible, and then all of a sudden she sees his hair and runs away and screams. Oh and man! And so he sees it too, this. and she goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> um, basically, like. They have a conversation about the Bible, and then it's like they have disagreements because she's more scientific, he's more spiritual, yeah. because he's pretty much the equivalent of a padre, but with, I don't know, decent restraint, considering to a lot of them, maybe? <laughs> it's just so funny. But when I saw yeah, when I saw him with that hair, he looked like um Albert Einstein. <laughs> he looks like a no, he looks like a seagull is taken off from his head. And so River with her mental illness freaks the yeah. fuck out. And because it just it reminds me of a lot of seagulls I've seen, and they're just going for anything and everything. Yeah. And River freaks out. And then Zoe's reaction to the seagull hair. <laughs> hey, preacher. Oh, 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> scared of that hair. That's where she is. Yep. <laughs> I hair, mean, I mean, that hair would freak me out. I wouldn't like run away from him, but I was like, whoa, that's like. Yeah, here it looks very funny looking. I don't know. I've had some points in middle illness. Dude, I would run the fuck away as far as I could get. <laughs> if it just appeared to me, man, fuck that shit. I'm the fuck out. But yeah, even Zoe's like, whoa. Yeah. And they have to like coax her out of the smuggling compartment. Yeah. I thought that was really good, dude. It's just like, not only does it humanize River, but it also shows the delicate balance that can go on between other people living together. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought it was a good balance between comedy and reality. Yeah, it was a good balance between those two. And then you have Jane balancing that bit between reality and, like, the thing you would never, ever think would happen. Ever. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, if I was Wash, especially when Wash comes up drunk to Zoe, it's like, have you been drinking? And Mal's like, yeah, he has, but that doesn't make it any less true. Yeah. I was like, dude, dude, you have laid out this argument so straightforward that it's just mwah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, There is a scene that after the River Shepherd that Anara is talking to Mr. Higgins about her ritual setup, because he did not yeah. like. He has a problem with it, and he wants her to have sex with the twenty-six version man. He felt he doesn't he's, need his rit the ritual stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much like, I got you here to fuck my son, not do all kinds of stupid bullshit. <laughs> but she's like counters up with like, well, this stupid bullshit air quotes is the thing that makes people like relaxed it's 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 a segue yeah to get him it's comfortable. a segue <laughs> yeah exactly it's a segue to make things be comfortable make things be right it's you know things like that it's like if you were to like jump straight into a threesome with no forewarning and whatnot you'd be like what should i do but if you ask somebody and you say, what do you expect? And everybody talks about it. And then you go do it. It's like, it's more comfortable. Yeah. Everybody knows what they're in for. Everybody knows what they're steering towards. So like, yeah. And he's just like, jump the fuck in and do it. <laughs> like you can't, like you can't swim in a uh, deep end. And it's like, but I could, ease him to a better state of mind, which shows a lot of Inara, too. That everybody she leaves behind, she wants to make better. Yeah. He wanted to go straight to the point. That's what was the problem. 
Well, his dad. His dad was forcing him. Yeah, his dad wants to. Yeah. That's the point. It's like, it's like, fuck her, be done, and that's it. It's like, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a connection. It doesn't have to be love, even. But I'm looking for, like, a connection. Yeah, that makes... <laughs> not for nothing, but that makes the sex a, makes it better. All that. Oh, absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. If you have a connection you, with someone, you actually have a better chance of enjoying sex. Oh, yeah, no doubt. A connection, a little bit of pre-talking to know what each other expects and stuff. Yeah. Don't be afraid to speak up of your spots and your, air quotes, weakness. Yeah. Not weakness in a good way. Don't be afraid of that, man, because... Therefore, each of you get the maximum experience that could possibly happen. And that's always good. And then plus it gets you close, too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And then that roundabout talk about some hero happening. Yeah. First time I watched that, I was like, I I was the same as Nara. I, I thought. We were thinking the same person. Oh yeah, that yeah. later on, the at the because they they have it goes back to the when it goes back to when Jane Jane is drink it goes back to the the Jane scene where Jane is drinking having celebration and Kaylee and Simon are have getting drunk the night of their own and Simon is oh, drinking yeah. in sadness about how he saved so many people. And he hasn't got any reputation. And Kaylee compliments. He com- he compliments Kaylee. And she feels flattered. But Ma wants to go back home. And Kaylee convinces Ma to continue his mission. While Kaylee and Simon watch over Jane. Yeah. They make sure like nothing out of the ordinary. Like that scene is such a perfect box wrap up of. Two people who love each other or have high interest of each other, but just are unwilling. Like, better than a lot of 90s sitcoms and whatnot, they really have something better than normal going on with each other, but they're just so scared. Yeah, pretty much. Just like Inara and and Mal. (laughs) Yeah. Adora's doing her uh, companion thing, and Mal's like trying to uh, earn the trust of the guy who will smuggle goods in the guy who was executed place. Yeah. Yeah, so like, you get a lot of character development, especially closeness in that. And I was appreciative of that. Yeah, it's just so funny how Simon is jealous of Jane's reputation. <laughs> I wouldn't call it jealous. I would think it's more like mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> because to me, I wouldn't necessarily be jealous, but I'd be like, wait, wait. Is like reality still lying? 
or am I drunk or who shot me up with something? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So Jane is like the hero of this town. How? No. Did I die? Am I on super strong medications? There's something off here. Like, Jane should not be in this position. There is something wrong. <laughs> like, I get, I get assignment on that. It's like, no, no, fuck this, no. This is what crazy feels like. But he tops that later. We'll get to it yeah. when we get to it. But yeah, he's like, no, this, no, 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 can't happen, no. This, no, no. Crazy, yeah. crazy. That's where I am. <laughs> and I get that, dude. I get that 100%. Yeah. The, sh the scene goes to not, it goes right back to Shepard and so are talking to River, trying to convince her to get out of hiding. And Mal yeah. <laughs> Mal and Watch return to the ship and talk to Zoe about Jane. Well, like, Zoe has to talk River out saying, oh, he's going to put it away. Talking about his seagull, fluck a seagull's hair. <laughs> it's just so funny because it's like she's all <laughs> scared and shit. <laughs> like trying He's to gonna put it away, I promise. <laughs> and he puts it back up in that little uh ponytail knot. Yeah, pretty much. Man. And then uh Mal and them come back and Wash is talking to his wife Zoe, talking about Jane is a bona fide hero. He's like a fucking uh what do you call him? Not a legend, well, kind of, but like a, like John Henry. Yeah. And you know. He's <laughs> folk hero. Folk hero. There we go. Folk yeah. hero. And I know that Zoe at the time did not believe it. She was like, what? I don't believe the story. And Mal reassures us like, yeah, he's been drinking, but he's kind of right. <laughs> That's so awkward, but like fitting, but it's so fucking awkward. I love it. Yeah. And then it goes back to Anara talking to Mr. Higgins' son about how he shouldn't be a Shima virgin and how he can take pride of himself and become something more. Yeah, because the whole conversation adheres to her thinking. That Mal is the hero of Canton when it actually turns out Jane, and then she teaches him how to rebel against his father. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like super conservative. It's like, you're going to follow in my uh, footsteps. There's no other path, nothing else. That's it. And Anara's like, you could be better, you could be stronger. Yeah, because she was talking about how, because he was talking about how he, she was, I mean, oh, God. He admired Jane because he was the one person that stood up to his father. Yeah. And he had never seen that in the slave or, you know, in the 
poor people contract populace that are pretty much stuck in that lifestyle. And Jane, to the, everybody else, and him are someone that it's like a Martin Luther King or something to them. Or like someone standing up for basic human rights uh, to them. Yeah. And yeah, so Anara basically like takes him and guides him into the direction that his mind is already trying to take him into. Mm -hmm. Which is like his own independence, freedom of thought, and equality for everybody and rights for everybody. Yeah. It's just so funny how Anara has that shock looking at her face when Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she finds out. <laughs> yeah. We have this later good. on, but yeah. She's like she's like, wait, Jane Cobb? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, the hero of Kent, Jane Cobb. And she's like yeah, she was like, "You mean Jane?" Because she's like the funny things that she thought he was talking about Mao. Yeah, because because Mao has that like undertone, want to help people. He does have it in his own way. He does have that. Yeah, and Mao does have that. That he like makes people feel confident about themselves. Oh yeah, you definitely see that in the next episode. A lot of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, like, she gets confused on it, and then when it happens, she's like, really? Like, the enforcer, the muscle of our group? Yeah, the the troublemaker? (laughs) Yeah, is that kind of guy where he actually cares. But that gets changed around a little bit later. Yeah. But not necessarily in a bad way in some ways. But in other ways, yeah, it does turn out bad. Yeah. And it goes there goes the scene that Jane is talking to a young man about how he caused a riot when the statue was built. And oh, Jane is flattered yeah. about the situation. Yeah, that's when they uh to, so part of Mal's plan was to take their worship of him as an idol and make a parade, and they were going to use that parade to smuggle what they wanted to out of town. So they were holding a Jane's Day parade, which, by the way, the leader of that planet that made mud and whatnot did not agree with. But the son was like, that's a hero right there, because he stood up to my father because he was so oppressed. Yeah. But yeah, they they like held it all together and stuff, and that statue came into play, and everybody was just like loving on it until there was the one guy. So, can you give us info on the one guy, the guy who made it all just fall to shite and ashes? Yeah, Mister Mister Higgins is warned about Jane being back in town, and he decides to get the man who used to work for Jane at the time he dropped the money out of the ship. And yes. he left him for 
he was abandoned for good, and now Miss Higgins wants him to go after Jane. Yeah. So this was a funny scene because you see the guy who who they the guy they take out of the the box. I mean the the weird the cage that he was in is. Yeah. It was just weird because guy has like a scar in his face and like I don't know he looked like Jonah Hex to me. <laughs> yeah, he like he lost a yeah he lost an eye, and he apparently became like somewhat handicapped. Yeah. But yeah. Like, so it turns out they'd become partners. And basically the governor of Canton basically said, hey, we'll give you everything you want and some as long as you're willing to hunt down this guy. Which yeah. turned out to be Jane Cobb. And that was a really emotional scene, especially... Like, people who have been locked up in isolation and stuff. Like, that was a scene that was really powerful. Because, you know, going through stuff like that, it it can drive someone crazy. Yeah. yeah. And basically, he gets the offer. It's like, if you hunt and kill him, you know, you're free. Yeah. <laughs> And after a long time of torture and whatnot, yeah, a lot of people will take it. So, yeah. And then they had the... They do the... Oh, no, no. I almost missed it. The in-between, when Simon and Kaylee wake up. Yeah, that's the, that's the next scene I was, that comes after the, that. It was like, I just Ma about <laughs> jumped it. Yeah, it's fine. Ma wakes up... Kaylee and Simon, and Simon mentions how him and Kaylee would never have sex, and Kaylee feels angered by his comment. (laughs) Yeah, they were there overnight to keep an eye on Jane, and Simon's like, no, I would never. Not that I wouldn't, but wait. Kaylee got so offended. (laughs) She got, I don't blame her either. But he didn't mean that. He, he just, didn't mean it that way, but still, I can understand how she took it that way because it's like I just spent the night with you, hold you holding me, and all of a sudden you're like, but I mean, I like her, but like I would never fuck her. It's like imagine if your boyfriend said that. It's like, oh, I like him, but I never fuck him. No, and I that's. Think- Fucking hurtful. I think he meant to say that he what he didn't want he didn't want to have sex with her at the time of getting her drunk. I think that's what he meant, but I think so too. And he didn't want to offend the captain because you know, that's his boss number one and number two, he wanted to be respectful enough because he saw that like father daughter yeah. relationship. Excuse me. Got hiccups for a second. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I think I'm good. Oh, jeez. Hiccup. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh oh. It looks like Chris got the hiccups. I do. I do. I do. The quote wash. All right. Okay, there we go. 
I think that like quelled it a bit. But yeah, like because Kaylee and Mal are kind of like a father daughter relationship. Yeah. And she knows that, and I think she panicked really hard. Yeah, because she wants to have a chance to have sex with Simon. <laughs> she wants, well, she wants she to be wants with to be. Simon. She wants, but, huh? No, she wants to, like, I don't know, be in a relationship with him, I think. Yeah, but she don't want to disappoint Mel either. Funny, because when, when Kaylee and Simon are arguing, Mal was just like, why is this happening? I just came to ask. You know, I just came to ask if you guys were. I mean, if you guys can do the job, you know, I didn't want to come into this situation. He's got the T. <laughs> he's got the TMI attitude. Yeah, it's like this is too much information going on. <laughs> but I do agree with what Simon says later on. Yeah, I understand that part. <laughs> to that effect, about <laughs> even out in the even out in the wild uh, wilderness nope. of galaxy, <laughs> so, sometimes <laughs> manners are are all you got. You got to like present your best self so you can be your Jesus. You can uh, you can be your best. Best self, guy. Oh my god, it's gonna be funny. <laughs> Enjoy it. So Mal tries to ask where Jane is, and Jane appears with a woman all drunk. Mal asks everyone they had to leave, and yeah, they walk down the stairs. And uh, Kaylee thinks that Simon should stay. <laughs> that was so funny. She yeah, after that conversation. After that conversation where he, like, really botches up what he's trying to say. Uh, yeah, he's, she's, she's like, you just stay here. I love the line, though. Can I, can, God, can I get a menu? And the, uh, oh, yeah. innkeeper's like, a what? what? Yeah, like, he had no a idea what? what a menu was. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, a what? He's like, just, what do you have? So, I want to dig my lungs out right now and be like, or my diaphragm and be like, I'm done. No hiccups. I, 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 oh, Jesus. I got my, my diaphragm sit, sitting on the bed. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> God. And then it goes back to Mr. Hagen's son, Having finished having sex with Anara, and he mentions that he doesn't feel any different. And does this make him feel like a man? But Anara said it doesn't. That becoming a man is something more he does for himself. It's more about accepting responsibility and standing up for yourself, who you are and who you want to be. And she gives that little little pep talk, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, and then and then the tr- truth of who the hero of Canton, the hero of Canton comes to light. The person who it actually is. Yeah, I do oh. like that conversation because it doesn't make you feel like a man when you have sex. 
It can. It can. It can with some people. It depends on who it is. Oh, makes them feel more confident. Yeah, but in the average, when you have sex for the first time, dude, you don't really know what you're doing. Oh yeah, definitely not. <laughs> you're going you're going on the base of well this goes there and that goes there and like we're trying to put this puzzle together but it's like opening something with a key for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh Al Capone's uh vault. Yeah. But Although in his vault there turned out to be nothing, sometimes you can get something really special. Yeah, but I do like that she, you know, she was making that becoming a man is something, you know, you have to earn. Yeah. I do like that conversation because... Strengthening his character to be a man instead of just, like, giving platitudes and stupid shit. Because, like... A man, a man could be totally feminine, whatnot, but if they stand up for what they believe in and what they they really truly understand, that's a man. Yeah, because you can become a man without having sex. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I was, I was the man in my house with two sis- sisters and my mother. Yeah. I was the man of the house for a long time until my stepfather came around. Yeah. So, I mean, being a man is more than sex. Sex is a connection thing. Yeah. I agree. I had the same. I had to do the same. I had to be a man when my father left. <laughs> and I, I mean, had to take care of my brothers. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, having sex can, like, up your confidence and whatnot, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. So, yeah. But the 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 son did t- take that in stride and really de- developed and became his own self on that. Yeah. So, Zoe is talking to Jane. About the statue, it goes to go to the scene where Zoe is talking to Jane about the statue, and Mal comes in and says that says that Jane has to attend his fans while they get some loot, and they walk into yeah. they walk into the area where the loot is at. And their new contact, like he he witnessed the whole attention to Jane thing, and he's like, <laughs> "What's going on right now?" And he's like, and "Mal's like." I'm working on it. You know, this is all part of a plan. But when Kaylee actually straight asked, she, he's like, he's like, well, I'm wor- working on it. Yeah. So they decided to go with the parade in Jane's honor. You know, that it was funny how Zoe was talking about the statue. Because, like, not as she actually saw the statue. It was like, what? Really? You know, I thought you guys were joking earlier, but now I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she plays that part really well. Like it's like it's like there's no way, no way. And then you have Wash talking about constantly the planet where where they juggle geese. Oh yeah, 
So that that really solidifies that story. Yeah, he always talks about that story. Uh, you know. He does, he does. But granted, a guy like that with that much experience, there's yeah. a lot of things you can't you don't or you can't talk about. Yeah. So you try and be entertained. Just like just like Mal. Mm-hmm. Mal tries to be entertaining when he tells stories. So because there are th- thing uh things that mess you up when you when you talk about them. Yeah. Uh yeah, man. I noticed that this is the part where because it did happen later on where Mr. Higgins' son talks about Jane in, in front of Nora. And there's also a part where he mentions how he doesn't want Jane to get caught. because And Nora says, yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> yeah. And and then it kind of moves on to everybody progressing their storylines. Yeah. Simon. And then. Go ahead. Huh? No, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh. Yeah, Simon asks. It goes back to where Simon asks for a check, and yeah, yeah, Simon asks for a check, and the, the hitman that's after Jane comes around and asks Simon if he know where Jane is, and he continues to threaten and beat up Simon until they hear a crowd cheer. Right to find find where the uh, celebration for Jane is. Yeah. Because the, you heard that Simon ran in, in the crew. Yeah, the crew and the crew takes Luke from the, to the ship, and they go back to get Jane. But they ran into Jane giving a speech in his honor of saving the townspeople, and they loved it. Right at the eye following creepy statue, statue. <laughs> It's just so funny because everyone's like, wow, he actually threw a nice speech. I did too. Like, it's not top level, like, you know, college campus speech, but his speech was pretty, like, it's a bit higher than some people that maybe are president right now. Yeah. It's a a bit higher than that. It's a pretty decent string together and and want for motivation yeah for people who look up to him so I thought I thought it wasn't great or anything but it wasn't that bad either yeah (laughs) it wasn't that much of a great speech but you wasn't expecting him to throw it to make a a complete speech like that, like it, it went well. <laughs> yeah, it actually he made some, some sense. <laughs> yeah, he had some feels in that, and a lot of lower class and middle class or middle lower class people can understand what he was trying to portray. Yeah, so we find out the guy's name is Stitch Hudson. He throws, he comes around and he throws Simon to the ground and he threatens Jane to tell the truth about him dropping the money by accident and throws, which throws him, throws him before he dropped the money. Yeah. When he, he interrogates Simon, that was after, after Kaylee left him in the bar. 
So he was completely on his own. Yeah. Yeah, and then Stitch is about to shoot, and the young man runs in front of Jane and gets killed. Yeah, he gets shot. Yeah, he was trying to do a shotgun shot, which shotguns, especially at the range they were at, can be pretty uh, devastating. Man. Yeah. At least they made it believable that the guy actually gets killed. That was some magical bullshit. The guy's still alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I thought they they played that, or Joss Whedon played that really well with him dying and the range of it and the scatter. Like, it was really, really, really good, true to life. Yeah. And then Jane kills Stitch and then tells everyone that he isn't a hero and no one would drop money on them. That there are more people like him that care about themselves. Yeah, he drops the truth of what he was doing, stealing money from the governor. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not like I tried to do it. Or Stitch, Stitch calls him out on it, saying, you know, you did ditch me before you were willing to uh, ditch a certain amount of money. You know what's the irony, irony of this? People taking toilet paper, not leaving anything, for, not leaving any. Toilet paper for anyone else. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. All the, all the hoarding. Absolutely. All the hoarding. It's like, I got to do what's for me, but I'm not going to give a fuck about the general population. Yeah, population. And it's, it's like, but if you want to be safe and you want to be clean, and if you want to let people be able to stave off these things it's like you'll care about the other population because if you hoard like hand sanitizer those things then you have people who don't have it therefore they're more likely to spread the things you're afraid about yeah and it's gonna cause more violence and all that other stuff and, and more like abuse, abuse and taking advantage of, us, especially of like poor people or lower class. Yeah. The crew decides to go back to the ship on the ship. Oh. Nope. <laughs> the crew decides to go back on the on the sh- back home to the ship. Wash gets ready to get off the island, but he gives a warning, and Inara sees it. Then the scene cuts to make Mr. Higgins' son taking off the lock on the, the lock onto the ship, and saying that yeah. he, he is a man now. Now that he had sex and he's free to do whatever he wants, <laughs> and um, now the ship is ready to go off board. Yeah, because they were put put on lockdown by the governor, and then the son the son pretty much like rebels against. The son pretty much rebels against him and releases the lock on Serenity. Yeah. Due to not only the talking of Inara, but also, you know, the magical. Yeah, it's just so funny that he mentions that, oh, I'm definitely, I'm a man now, so I could do whatever I want. It's like he just threw it back at his face. It's like, this is what you wanted. So now you gotta think, deal with it. 
I think that was great though. It, it, it was. He's like, he's like, I'll, I'll take your standard of what you think I should be, and hey, you know what? I reached that standard, so here's a middle fi- finger, and I can give you a butt plug if you if you like, <laughs> and yeah, you can go screw screw yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a middle finger, and you could write it till you reach the knuckle, and you're done. So, like, it it was a really good, strong stance about him going like, "This is who you wanted to be, me to be," and you know what? Now that I have the confidence, so sit and spin. I I got a knuckle you could reach. Yeah, <laughs> and Rich, there goes to the scene where. River tells Shepard to back off about the religious beliefs, and he backs away. And keep watching. Uh, sorry, keep walking, preacher man. Yeah, because <laughs> she doesn't like want him to like force his beliefs on her. Which is a well, it's, it's not even that. It's also she's kind of semi freaking out because of the hair. Yeah, <laughs> that fuck a sing- seagull's hair. So she's kind of like, keep walking, preacher man. <laughs> and then the scene cuts to Kaylee and Simon talk about being proper. And that him but, being proper is a way of showing that he likes her. And uh, she calls him out, not understanding what his social cues, cues are. But they like talk about that. I thought that was a good scene too. Yeah, because it actually gives a good excuse of why. He doesn't throw curses, you know, like a sailor, and, yeah. Yeah, and not only curses, he gets the line. It's like out here in the dark, manners are pretty much one of the main main things I have to hold on to. Yeah. And that can mean a, a lot when you're out in, no matter whether you're on a planet or in space, the people around Around you and the struggles you have to deal deal with, the struggles struggles you have to deal with are a different subject. Yeah. So he's dealing with those subjects and he's trying to. He knows he loves her, but he's trying to balance balance crew life and that that love for the mechanic. Yeah. And then Mal and Jane talk about how it doesn't make sense to believe in a statue, but Mal says that anything about you is about what they need. Which, yeah, I, I think this is a nice fitting end to the episode because it gives like the moral of the story. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's perfect the way they ended that. Because at a point, Jane actually pushed, pushed, oh, pushes down the statue. And Mal's like, when, when they talk later, it's like, it's not about you, it's about them, it, and it's about what they need for strength. Yeah. You're just, you're just that conduit to channel what they need, but the strength that, in their eyes, building up, you, you give them is more important. Yeah. And it does kind of relate to the religion part of 
you know, about God and stuff like that. Like, Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it paints a pretty picture to what the whole episode is about. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. It's about the things you get to along the way. Yeah. But if you search too hard for your hard for your final destination destination, it doesn't mean you'll reach on your way to, to your ultimate truth as an individual. Yeah, it's pretty much like you get to reach a, it's it's talk about faith, I think. <laughs> no. Oh, absolutely. It it does have a lot to do not only faith but independence in faith. Yeah. Or lack of, lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Either one. It counts. And it matters. And that... Like, this show has so many great underlining <laughs> themes. Yeah. And these two episodes that we're going to talk about are two that really show where just we was coming from and the conversations that he hoped these things would spark. Yeah. yeah it's a very well done episode. I think I could have said episode 8.5. It was really good. I It made me kind of appreciate what type of person Jane is. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a good, like, balance between not only character development... But humanizing Jane. Yeah. And some of the, uh, a lot of the sub characters. Yeah, they did. It sure did with uh with Simon and, and, and Kaylee a lot. And Shepherd Shepherd and River. Like you really like to me this episode was an overall character builder for everybody. Even Mal and and Zoe. It's like, even though they had, like, kind of more minor roles than everybody else, but even them being willing to take those seats aside so other people could build up better, that speaks to me, too. Yeah. And, yeah, a, what else can I say about this episode? Uh, that's, I think, I don't know, I think that's pretty much it. I am kind of lost for words right now. <laughs> So it kind of ends out of everything turns out okay. And they almost get caught smuggling goods. Oh, yeah. But they all. Huh? No, that that, they took the loot and never gave it to the guy that wanted it. They just. No, he was trying to get it off. That's what his goal was. Yeah. See, they just wanted it for themselves. He was trying to promote to get get it to where it was supposed to be, and he get a prof- profit from the delivery from one place to another. So he never really had to worry about going back and and getting his money because his money was part of the profit that the ship made that they sent back. It's like me saying. Hey, are you you saying I got a cow I want to sell to somebody? How much you want to sell it for? You say fifty dollars, and I say okay. I want 
half of that in profit. So therefore, therefore, I sell that cow at seventy dollars. That's what their in betweens are. Just throwing numbers. That's roughly what they're. So he was just mediator between getting those goods off planet to the seller where he would profit like any any business. Yeah. But I can see that kind of misunderstanding where the money stood because they didn't really go in too much detail tell about it. Yeah, I thought they kept it for themselves. That's what I thought. No, they keep most of it and then a percentage goes goes to their mediary, which is like Badger, a mediary, where he gets a cut. Yeah. So, yeah. Work, work, work it out. What is... I don't know if you ever watched Robot Chicken, but yeah, that's from Robot Chicken. Oh, (laughs) I've seen some episodes that I don't... I haven't actually... Watch episode like I haven't watched it like as a I haven't stre- streamed the series. I think I always ran into episodes of Robot Chicken and just watched it. <laughs> it's great. Uh, that's the Voltron dance battle episode. It's really early in the series, and yeah, Voltron and an alien go off on a bet. Uh, de- Dance battle, and Voltron loses. Oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch that show religiously because I mean, like I gotta go and watch the whole entire series because it's like only watch episodes here and there. For, like every time, like I'm bored and I turn switch the channel to Adult Swim and I end up seeing Robot Chicken and play that watch. It's only seen certain, only seen like maybe like five or six episodes. I haven't. Actually, wow! I never wow. actually continuously watch episodes of that show. <laughs> Catch the fuck up, dude! Because about chicken, dude. It just oh has so many God. episodes, and I did see the DC specials. Those are the only oh, ones yeah. I actually saw. And I watched the DC uh, religiously. I watched her specials. Yeah, those the specials are were fun. Camus. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I've pretty much I'm pretty much up to date, except for like maybe a season, possibly two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Robot Chicken's like the best of pop culture, pop culture, and like making fun of all that. It's brilliant, man. Seth Green, Breckenmeyer, and all that. Yeah. They got really good taste in jokes and and content. It's fucking brilliant to me. Now we're going to start doing Firefly Episode 8 out of gas. Yeah, it's a really good episode. Yeah, it's like the origin story of the series. <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like. Well, it's the, the second, second part, yeah. Because the first episode kind of covers the first part, a little bit of history, and then it actually, yeah, shows the the ship connection. Yeah. 
Which I really did like this episode. I was glad to see how this all began. Yeah. This is this is the episode where that really like you get to see Mal for who he is. Yeah. Alright, so I'll start. Episode begins with a montage of the Serenity ship. Then it's Sonny's we see Mal collapse on the floor. And he's thinking about the time he first got on the ship. The scene cuts to Mal introducing the ship to Zoe. And she immediately thinks it looks like a piece of junk, but Mal thinks it will turn out to be something great and get a couple of people to fix it. Then it cuts back to Mal on the floor again, and we see blood dripping from his, his stomach area. Mal gets up, and he has a piece that belongs to the ship, and he's walking away. Then we hear laughter, and the scene arrives at the crew at the time of having dinner. Wash comes in late, but he, then he discusses the times of Shepard being a preacher, Simon being a doctor, and Jane was hoping for Nara to talk about her companion stories, but she refuses. <laughs> Mal mentions that there was some kissing, and suddenly Kaylee brings a cake. And then they are celebrating Simon's birthday. He's wondering how they were new how they knew and River and Mal mentions they knew from the cycles of the moon and as they talk some more a light begins to flash Kaylee decides to go check on check on it and when she, as she's walking towards the door a fire comes running towards her and Zoe jumps in front of her and River, River starts screaming fire Mal tries to close the doors before the fire comes in Zoe unlocks not, is knocked out and Simon wants to get his medical supplies but Kaylee says there's fire and Jane says all the doors are sealed tight and Maul eventually gets all the fires out of the ship. Yeah, basically the the way they found out about Simon's birthday was the fact of a new war, uh, wanted message came up. And oh. uh, yeah, over the, uh, well, what they call it the wave which is like transmissions for them. Yeah. And yeah, and so they Basically, like, kind of made him like this uh, protein cake thing. Oh, I was wondering <laughs> what the hell that was. It was like, yeah, because it did throwaway. not look good. <laughs> yeah. There's a throwaway line in there that's basically like it's basically the same thing we made for dinner, but I tried to make the frosting as chocolatey tasting as possible. Oh God, I don't think that cake was tasteful to eat, huh? Oh God, if, if you if you live on rations like that all the time, day in day out. It tastes wonderful. <laughs> oh, God. Shitty freeze-dried rations will make anything taste wonderful. Yeah, like, oh, God. Just, I mean, just about anything. Protein cake. <laughs> yeah, like, well, a lot of those, like, meals that are done like that, like for NASA and whatnot, they're mostly just, like, kind of... I mean, some of them are the actual thing, but they have to like put extra protein and vitamins in there so that because like the way they freeze dry them or like, you know, dehydrate them or whatever, it takes away a lot of nutrients. So like I imagine in that kind of space, long space journey situation, there's pretty much like protein powders and stuff you would add to your food. Yeah. So uh, I imagine that's kind of like my take on on what it actually kind of is, because you know I mean you got like your canned stuff and whatever, but despite what people think, canned stuff does not last as long as you would think. Botulism no. is a <laughs> thing. So like yeah, and then how 
River starts going fire, fire, because they had a candle on there. And River's like, fire, fire. And Simon's like, because they like get a little hiccup and the lights go out for the second. Yeah. And then River's like, fire, fire. And Simon's like, oh, right. And the lights flicker, kind of flicker back on in between this whole thing. Yeah. And so he goes to blow out the candle and the whole ship just boom. Yeah, it was like, that fire was like really humongous. Like Holly. I would imagine that. it looked like they had like some kind of, I don't know, man, some kind of flamethrower explosion. <laughs> it was like a, it had to be like a fuel expo- explosion of like a sudden, just like, like how fuel injectors work in cars. Yeah. They like spray fuel in and then it gets the engine going and it lights it. And that's what causes the combustion. So I imagine it was something of that effect, except the fuel is a lot stronger. Yeah. And then in a high, higher oxygen environment, oxygen will ignite. It's like uh, in OR rooms, in operating rooms. You can't have sparks in there because they put the room at a higher oxygen level than normal. And it can cause an actual ignition. So yeah. like having sparks in OR rooms, I, I imagine a ship's environment because you'd want a higher oxygen level to to be able to kind of balance out everything else. But yeah. And then it's like everything fills with fire and they have to shut everything out. Now the way they got rid of the fire, I thought was pretty smart, but kind of pretty smart on the fact of how they had to react. But dumb when you consider like, yeah, um, fire burns through oxygen. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, they, they opened the bay doors and it just kind of like, and the, the, yeah, they were kind of, they're kind of dated, but the effects they use for the, that, it being for oh, when yeah. it was being a TV show, it's a good effect. They just didn't like paste it right. Oh, because yeah, I remember old... they opened the the, the space the, the door to the sh- like the to exit the door. Yeah, yeah, the dock bay. Yeah, and then it's cool because like the dock bay is actually in the front of the ship. So like they show you outside the hole uh, in the in the cockpit. They show you outside where the hold would be, and you just see fire. Just, yeah. That would be wicked crazy to see. Yeah. And yeah, so they like dodge out of the way. And you know, I kind of like how they cut into the like the cuz you see in the beginning of the, the episode you see Simon not Simon Mal like all like all busted up. Yeah, and it like cuts into laugh of the the scene to where they were having dinner and it's just, it's a nice way to cut into that. Oh yeah, like this is this is a this is a just a perfect guidebook on how to tell a story, especially how Joss Whedon tells a story. Like these are what he's good at. Yeah, these are the kind of stories he just he really knows how to tell really really well. Yeah, so there's a nice like this episode had a lot a lot of nice cut in scenes like kind of in and out to so, like the yeah. past and the present. Time. Yeah, this is a piece together kind of episode, which I love. I love when they, as long as they do them right. Yeah. As long as they, because if they do them wrong, then like there's a show we were watching recently. Oh, it was mm-hmm. Witcher, actually, the new Witcher show. Oh, yeah. And the first couple few episodes, or the first couple episodes or so, I was like, what the crap is going on? Because they don't really like have any style of differentiating the, yeah, the, that's the what, past and the present. That's what and bothers I, me about the show, about which. Yeah. Because I liked, I love the show, but I just like I didn't like the 
there's no distinct ability of like what's taking the past or the future right like, that that irks me like that irked me so oh my god her fucking phone that irks me <laughs> so so bad too because like I actually stopped watching it and uh, my wife kept watching it and she was like, you got to just stick with it until like the third or so episode. <laughs> she was like, I don't you blame stick, you. <laughs> if you stick with it, it's, it's worth it. If you just stick with it, cause she'll sit there and like watch, you know, if something's like that and she likes it, she'll watch it head. She'll be like, all right, yeah, you'll be interested in it. You, you just need to stick with it. So I will. And I didn't, I I'm glad I did. It's a really good show. Yeah. And once you get more character development, it's more e- it's easier to tell. And I played some of the games too, and I was having trouble telling what was going on between past and present. Yeah, and I'm like, this is God. What what are y'all thinking? But yeah, <laughs> they they actually he could really it really differentiate. Like you could tell what parts what it's not all confusing. Like a lot of people end up accidentally doing. Yeah. Unless you do it like, unless you have a way to do it for a purpose, like the movie Memento, it plays it actually plays in sections from the end back to the beginning, but like something like that, that was done well. But yeah, he's really good at that storytelling, which he's good at storytelling anyway. Joss Whedon is, yeah. So, but yeah, okay. So the doors blow open, or the door not the door blows up. Blah. The fire escapes. The fire blasted through into they were all in the dining in the mess hall basically in their little dining area. And yeah, Zoe gets not back. Yeah, he she did yeah, I remember I did describe that. Yeah. Uh uh she put Zoe oh man, I swear I had a mind once. I just forgot where I put it. Uh, <laughs> uh she had pushed Kaylee out of the way. Yeah, that was very brave of her just to get Kaylee out of the way. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, Kaylee's not exactly like the warrior type. So, yeah, kind of got a... Yeah, because I noticed <laughs> Kaylee just, like, froze there. Like, when she saw the fire, like, she couldn't move. Yeah. And, like, Zoe had to move for her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's a real thing, man. Freeze up can be a real, real hazard you have to worry about in those kinds of situations. Yeah. Freeze ups one of the biggest causes of like injuries in emergency situations or wow. bad things happening is freeze up, man. It'll get you. It'll get you where you don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the whole ship goes on lockdown. And Doc can't get to med supplies. They're pretty much cut down to where the mess hall is. And then there's that corridor right there where they can get into like the cockpit. Yeah. And until they get the fire out. Yeah, they're pretty much just like stranded out right in that little area. I actually know the entire layout of the ship by memory, which is terrible, but oh well. I don't think that's terrible. (laughs) That's some geek out stuff. Like I remember some of the schematics to like Star Wars ships and stuff. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've always been a big sci-fi guy. It makes you wonder Uh, like if they had a Lego piece of, you know, Serenity, you'll probably figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's... I, I really, really got... Because, well, I also, I've also played the role-playing game. The tabletop role-playing game. Oh. And we had a Firefly class. 
And I learned how to, like, my character could do some general in piloting and was learning fancy piloting, uh, like, how to pilot really well. He could do piloting and, and general, like, driving and stuff. But, like, he was, you know, trying to aim up to be, like, one of the best pilots ever. And he was a general hustler, kind of like the Han Solo kind of type. Yeah. And uh, with some extra little skills. Yeah, so we had a Firefly, Firefly class. So I kind of had to learn the ship so I could be the engineer for the ship. Okay, that's oh. interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a really fun game. I need to get back into it again. It's just hard to find people. I don't know how to run it. It's hard to find people to run it. But yeah. So yeah, they get all the fire out and then everybody kind of has to like figure out what's going on. Yeah. Sorry, I had to sneeze. <laughs> oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I was trying to like not just oh, sneeze. Oh. But uh, yeah. I'm sitting here like, oh great, I'm gonna do like a little girl sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually Googled the uh, tabletop game. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun if you can find good people to run it. I just Wow, it's a lot of cards it's... and stuff. <laughs> it's just like I mean like a lot of the stuff I played was like I mean I played Magic together, but I like I played D and D tabletop. I played Mech Warriors a little bit. I played a little Warhammer. The core game, which was what um, the, the Fire Serenity, the Firefly game, was built under, and Cure Clicks and Marvel role playing game. Wow. So that's over a long period of gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I've played a lot of different ones. I've always wanted to play, but like I'll play pretty much. I'll try any kind as long as somebody's like, you know, I got someone to run it. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool because like you get to do these whole adventures like the show. Yeah. Um, these whole like storylines like the show. It's pretty cool. It's, if you like the show, you'll love the game. Okay. Uh, it's under core core systems. So for anybody listening who might be interested in playing that after watching the show and hearing about the show. Oh, so all right, yeah. So we got Zoe in like emergency emergency critical condition. Yeah, she's not moving, not getting up, not doing anything. They yeah, they did bring her to the infirmary, and Watch is like overly concerned about Zoe, and like Mao. No, yeah, Mao tries goes over to Kaylee and like see that she's overly concerned about Zoe as well. And tells her to check on the Serenity and try to get the ship up and running. And Mal tries to go over to Wash to get the ship fixed, but he refuses because Zoe's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the was, conversation was, was crazy. Yeah, because he was trying to be... I know I know what Mal was trying to do. Is that he was trying to be a realist. You know, it's like he needed to... Even though it was kind of... Uh, it may have sound asshole-ish, but... He wanted him to take the care of the ship because, you know, if the ship isn't taken care of, they're all going to die. So, Well, and it's not just that. Also, if he's just sitting there just worrying about her, that's going to rack him to death. But if you put someone's mind to work like that and they're in that kind of condition, if you could get them to put their mind to work, then, you know, they won't be in the way. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, honestly, in a situation like that, in, in a medical situation like that, it's why, like, doctors and them kick patient, like, patients' family and stuff out of the room if there's an emergency. They're going to be in the way. It's hard for them not to get 
in the way because they they're concerned, they care. So and yeah, and like basically they find out that it's that the ship's not running, all life supports are down, even backup life support. The piece that had broken off was irreplaceable like they didn't have the stuff to be able to replace it and not only that earlier they had talked about that they were taking a path kind of out of the way so they were like just like how we have shipping lanes on our planet you know they have like generalized busy shipping lanes in their in their solar system that they inhabit for space travel so they kind of go out and around away from like the generalized shipping lanes to avoid alliance because, you know, carrying two fugitives. So like they're pretty much out in the middle of nowhere taking back roads and they have no life support, can't get to crawling, can't even like get the ship to budge. It's just it's dead in the water. Yeah. And, you know, you got Zoe down. You need a pilot up there to get things going on. You need your engineer in the back trying to figure out the best they can to try and get whatever they can. Everybody needs to be doing something, you know, in those kinds of situations. Because if you get one person to panic, panic is kind of like this little pandemic we're dealing with. Yes. Panic spreads very, very easily. Hey, I tell you what. You want to see how panic spreads? Hey, go get me a roll of toilet paper from the store. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's which, there you go. I mean, panic can spread easily. And in that kind of environment, if you get people panicking and people not being able to do their jobs because they're they're too distracted by something else, then that could that one person not doing their job can cause any number of cascade effects and nobody could get out alive. Yeah. So, I mean, th- their, their situation's quite dire. So every hand has to be on deck. Yeah. That's the only way you make it out of something like that alive. That's the only way. Yeah. And yeah, I did like the, the transition scene of, to the, it did show Mal walking and like he's injured and stuff. And when he, it's like, you see, he opens the door and it goes to back to the, like, present i like the transition it's just yeah how they do Uh, that that's actually kind of inspired by george lucas's he wanted to do something kind of signature but and he liked george lucas's swipes that he always does for star wars that man loves his swipes but he wanted something kind of like swipes but more smooth transitional yeah and uh, he pulls it off flawlessly I mean, just like totally flawlessly. Yeah. After that, that um, there's like a scene. It's a flashback scene with Zoe and Mal meeting Watch for the first time. And oh yeah. Yeah, he accepts the job of being becoming their mechanic. Their it's pilot. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that mustache. Oh my. Oh god. my god! It's so awful. <laughs> and the Hawaiian shirt. It's like oh. Hey, hey, hey now, I love Hawaiian shirts. Don't diss on the Hawaiian shirt, but the mustache, yeah, that was, I don't know whether that was a porn stash or a cop stash, but, oh my god, it was something, man. That dude just, he does not, well, he he does not need a caterpillar on his upper lip. Not at all. (laughs) It was kind of funny, because when Zoe mentions, after they leave, like, Zoe mentions how she doesn't like him. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
Okay. I don't like him, sir. I was like, well, you do like him now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't like him? Because apparently he's supposed to be like the best pilot ever, which he is. And so he's just flat out like, I don't like him, sir. And it's great how like it ends up turning around. When you think back to the episode where they get captured again by Nishka. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if we covered that or not yet. It's funny because it's the other way around because now Zoe's like all sticking up for him in some ways. But yeah. then like he's it's just like weird how some of that stuff reverses. It's crazy. Hey, oh, no, we haven't reached that episode yet. We have not. That's nah. later on. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it happens really early. So I didn't like really spoil anything for because the, the episode just goes all kinds of down some crazy paths. But uh Yeah. So they, they, it, the roles end up getting reversed later on. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, and Mao tries to, like, defend Wash and, like, tries to convince Zoe that, you know, he's a good, he's good at his job. Yeah. It's just like, she, and she just flat out, for, for no real statable reason, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, man, that's going to change. But, I mean, you spend a lot of time on a, on a, enclosed space with somebody you know yeah. it, it can uh, like friendships and situations can can change and so i think that's that was a good little addition to uh their little past yeah and then it goes right back to the present time when simon says he needs help to ask and ask his mom to get the adrenaline needle and he <laughs> gives it to him he puts it on zol and the scene comes back to mao Getting a jelly for himself in the firmery and the yeah yeah he he's pretty much like you could tell he's bleeding out yeah that scene is actually pretty accurate and the thing about adrenaline needles most people don't know is you actually have this barrier in your chest yeah and you inject it into your heart but you can't go too deep but you do have oh. this this membrane wall between your muscles and your chest cavity. And so, and you have to be careful for ribs. So you really actually do have to like spike it. You can't just like, you have to spike it. Cause if you don't, it won't go through that wall. Oh uh, yeah. And that membrane wall is really thick because it protects your organs. And that's what, you know, your rib cage is for too. And you're wanting to try and like put a needle, you know, through that and aim at your heart and not go too deep. It's a pretty tough needle point so to say it's it's a hard shot to make especially on yourself so like that's that's insane and then yeah like then as it goes through your body like some people will seize up a little bit mm -hmm. because i mean like basically your body is just getting flooded with serotonin dopamine and adrenaline so like it's you're basically just like completely initiating the fight or flight mode yeah and you're just you're wanting to put your body into fight mode because it's starting to die. Mm -hmm. So like and so they portrayed that really, really well. And yeah, that would hurt as bad as it looks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would. <laughs> check check Pulp Fiction. They did it pretty well, too. Uh, yeah, I remember Pulp Fiction. Yeah, we're bam. It's like, whoa, God, no. I couldn't imagine that how bad that would hurt. Yeah. Then it goes, the scene goes back to Kelly and Mao talking about what's wrong with the ship. Kelly, right. Kelly mentions that the coils are damaged. And she and Jane 
mentions how they're running out of oxygen and they only have a few hours on the ship. And then after the break, Inara asks Simon how Zoe and how Zoe is, and he said that she's fine now, but she she will outlive us all because she's using less oxygen. Yeah, that's pretty like that was pretty dark. It's like she doesn't know it, but if she keeps up like this, she'll outlive us. So she's basically like a stable but still in critical condition. Yeah. Like basically it was looking like she probably had some internal trauma and a brain injury. A possible like concussion or something. Yeah. So yeah, in a situation like that, swelling in the brain could be really, really deadly. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was a dark, dark moment. I was yeah. like, wow. And then they had the conversation about asphyxiation. Yeah. They had that That was another little dark moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Anara mentions how she loved this place as when she first saw it. But you do see why she fell in love with it later on. Yeah, yeah. she mentions about how she loves the ship. Yeah, and then Simon goes dark again. Uh, Serenity always has kind of a funereal sound about it. I was like, "Oh my god, dude, man, play some bullet for my Valentine or something." Jeez, <laughs> could you be more emo right now? Well, that Simon is with, always emo. <laughs> I know he is though. Nothing wrong with being emo, but I mean, but like, uh, uh, you know. As a person of medicine, he's kind of like, you got to kind of have a dark sense of humor for that kind of job. You really, really do. Or it'll something like that can swallow you up alive if you don't have a dark sense of humor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he starts going into how asphyxiation, death by asphyxiation works. And yeah, Nora had none of that. She shut that down quick. (laughs) <laughs> she's like i do not need a clinical description he's like oh sorry oh yeah <laughs> he Which, was gonna give a description of how it happened like when i was like no don't even bother yeah. <laughs> asphyxiation and starvation are two ways you do not want to go at all yeah because like dehydration is pretty bad Dehydration is pretty bad. Always remember in a survival situation, you can live longer without food than you can without water. Food, you can survive like a week to eight or nine days. Without water, you will survive like three, maybe. So, yeah, any any three of those ways, that's not how you, you want to go. Mm-hmm. So anybody out there in the wilderness here listening to this, make sure you have plenty of water. God, I sounded I sounded really, really country when I said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. The, then there's a scene where River is talking to Shepard and she's afraid that no Shepard's afraid that he will die. And River tells him not to be afraid because We'll, we'll freeze to death before that happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, uh, she she tells the shepherd, she's like, you're afraid we're going to run out of oxygen, aren't you? He's like, yes. He's like, oh, we won't. And he gets that little smile on his face. She's like, we'll freeze long before that happens. Man, that smile just flips. <laughs> and I was she's like, being honest. <laughs> yeah, it's like, goddamn. Like, it's like it was nothing to her. She's like, yeah, I mean, I faced that fact. And it's just like, he's just like, 
I wish I would have said nothing now. <laughs> that's that's one of those that moment you regretted what you said and asked quickly. It's that's like, it's the, it's the regret. Because <laughs> she's trying to be logical. I notice. <laughs> oh yeah, well she's she's always pretty. You know, her and Simon both they're. Simon's more emotional, but yeah, she's always very, very analytical and very logical about any in every situation. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, for people with that can think like her, a lot of them are like that because they see the world very analytically. Yeah. I'm, I could be one of those people, too. Unless somebody's like close to me, I can be very logical about something. But like once it becomes like emotionally close, I'm one of those people depending on how emotionally close it is, it can be hard for me to like separate from it. Yeah. I, that's why people who give you good advice can never seem to sort their own shit out it's because they can look at the rest of the world logically and analytically and understandingly. It's just, they have trouble seeing the color of the outside of the box while they're always inside that box. Yeah. So <laughs> if you ever wonder why, man, my friend sure does give good advice, but they can never get their shit together. That is why. <laughs> that is exactly why but yeah and she's like but that look on the shepherd's face man when his when that frown turned it's just like i think i might be doomed <laughs> yeah the river's not the one to go to if you want reassurance oh no <laughs> <laughs> she'll tell you the truth straight off <laughs> oh yeah go to anara or kaylee don't go to Mal. Don't go to Simon. Sure as hell don't go to Jay. <laughs> you're you're looking for a Nara or Kaylee over there. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so what we got after that one? Mal checks up on Wash to see if he can boost up the signal for anyone to help him. He says that he thought anyone would come and save them. After hearing that, Mal gets mad. And they begin to argue about it until Jane comes in and says, it's time to stop arguing. <laughs> right, okay, it's like so, we're going to run out of air if you keep doing, like, if you keep arguing. Yeah, so they're arguing. Mal had basically told them to send up a stress beacon. Yeah. And since they're out in the middle of nowhere, it's like, okay, do whatever you've got to do to make it go faster. Wash is just like, what am I supposed to do? He's still stressed out, of course, about his wife. Yeah. He's like, what am I supposed to do? And so he basically tells them to reroute the navsats into the distress beacon, which would basically, it's it, in general engineering based on what they say and how that system would work in that kind of situational theory. It's supposed to send out navigation, keep sending out a navigation signal, I would imagine, that yeah. tries to override. It boosts the signal of the distress beacon and sends out a signal that kind of sends a navigational signal of some sort that's supposed to like get people's attention. Mm -hmm. Somebody's having a problem, and it's considered a childhood prank in pilot school. Oh. And you have to actually stop your ship, go through the whole signal pick out what signal is causing that block it out, which will cause someone to see the distress beacon. And like I said, boost the distress beacon. And so they start arguing about it because why well, just like, Oh yeah, childhood prank. That's a great idea. 
And it's like Mal points out, yeah, but it would work, wouldn't it? Still yelling at each other for no reason. Yeah. And Aloha is like, why are we yelling at each other? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Jane walks in. He's like, what do you think you're doing screaming like that? You could use up all the air. <laughs> <laughs> had they had they had come you up know, with the escape plan, had they? <laughs> I was kind of glad that, you know, Jane is one that's maximum sense into them. Of <laughs> mm. all yeah, people, it'd be, it had to be Jane. <laughs> you know, you know, it's dire when Jane is the one talking reason and, yeah. and sense. <laughs> you know, your situation is in, you've reached the totally screwed zone. <laughs> when Jane's the one going, hey, wait a second. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait a second here. That's what everybody just needs to stop and realize the situation they are currently in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you, how could things be more downhill? Jane could be right about something. <laughs> yeah. <Come on. laughs> he's not the brightest cookie in the in the briar patch, but he's got his uses. Yeah. And then the scene goes back to the original scene where Ma is walking. And he starts to think back about when he got caught, when he caught Bester having sex with Kaylee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's how you met Kaylee for the first time. And yeah, she was actually having sex with the original mechanic in the engine room. Oh, my yeah. God. That was the scene. I was just like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I did not see that because I was like, they show the other wait a second, this yeah. don't seem right. And then <laughs> and uh, they finally get to to yeah. where they show that and you're, just, you're like, wait a second. It was like, who the hell is, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it, it was a turnaround so quick. I was just like, yeah, alright, alright. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he can't get the, the ship off of the ground because they're still trying to get it in working order. Yeah. And, uh, oh, we missed one good line. What when they it? go and look at the ship, Mal turns to his own and it's like, it's just them two and says, this is the kind of ship that'll be with you till the day you die. And so his reply is, that's because it's a death trap, sure, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? Which that line comes up again later. Yeah. Yeah. So Mal comes in and he's like, "Why? Why uh, aren't we in the air yet?" Yeah. And what is wrong with your bunk, son? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like engines get her hot. I don't know. Just do. And they have that discussion about why aren't they in the air yet? And yeah. he's basically like, "Ah, oh, no can do, Cap." And yeah, uh, he said the gravity boost is shot. And yeah, gravity boot shot. And Kaylee okay, says, no, it is not. <laughs> yeah, it was basically, I guess, what for, for the equivalency of it is what we would call a... You said red oh couple. God. The red yeah. couple is bad. From what it looks like, it seems like it's something like a carburetor in a car. Yeah. The way she talks about how it gets gunked up and stuff and you can just bypass it. I'm imagining it's probably some kind of fuel filter or something like that or some kind of carburetor. Or something like that. And yeah, basically she just like takes it out, hooks the line direct in, and boom, there you go. Engine starts up. Yeah. It was 
interesting how she got it to work. And it's just like, have you ever been up on one? Nope, never even been in one. Uh, have you ever been up in one? It's like, never even been in one. And it's just like, I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, because she said that her dad was a... Farmer. Yeah. But they had been, like, they hadn't really been getting good, you know, good crop yields and stuff. They've been uh, kind of low on business. Yeah. And it's, I love how he's like, well, you want like are you serious <laughs> and uh dude's reply i don't see why you need two mechanics he's like i really don't <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and best had a, like the shock look in his face like oh shit he's talking about me <laughs> you know at that second he realized he's just like that's i'm out of a job what the hell some some chick who's who's a farmer girl hold on <laughs> what does mal call her i believe it was called a prairie harpy yeah, and uh, <laughs> and she just comes, fixes the shit, and takes his job. Like, yeah. well, so much for the quick lay, huh? <laughs> Looks like you got screwed in more ways than one. That was funny. <laughs> but yeah, that, and it really like shows off how just good she is at what she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really like that dude, like his face. But I do like that tattoo he had under his eye. I would never get it myself, but I do like it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's on his eye. Under his eye. It was just like a few little stripes connected up. Oh. Yeah, it was just like that. Yeah, it's just like this neat little blue tattoo thing. I just I thought it looked alright. It looked cool on him. Like as for like a video game character or something like that, you know, I'd put that on him. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Cause like I, I do stuff like that on my RPG online RPG characters and stuff. I put like face stuff on there, like blue, blue face uh, striping and stuff. Cause like that's what the Celtics and Gaelics did. They used blue face paint and green face paint and stuff. Yeah. When they went to battle, but uh, so I do it on like a lot of my characters. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The scene cuts to the the present time with Kaylee and. And Ma talking to the talking about the ship being broken, and Kelly says the catalyzer is broken, and there's no way to fix it. But Ma tells her to fix it any way she can. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some things get broken; you just can't fix. I like this part. It's like an itty bitty part seems like nothing. It's like yeah, pretty important though. Even though I noticed Ma was being stubborn because it was broken, it just didn't yeah. look like it could be fixed. <laughs> and then, and then he's like, "Well, show me where it goes." And then you see where it goes and how it's just like, it's basically like two pipes that run into it. Yeah, and you just see how it's like. It basically looks like it looks kind of like a a, a blown, just like a metal blown pipe on each side where it's just like fanned out. Yeah. And it's it, yeah, it was a pretty bad, uh, pretty bad explosion because it's just like two spots where it's just fanned out, and then you got that big space. Yeah. It's like you can't exactly just tack weld that, especially if you have something that combustive going through it. There's no way, man. You try and tack weld that. First thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna end up in the same situation right over again. So yeah, and then it, you see, uh, it goes back to the scene where. In the future, I know that scene's a few. I keep forgetting that scene's a future. <laughs> Where, yeah. uh, so Ma was trying to put the catalyzer back on, yeah, to the fan, and eventually falls on the floor. 
Yeah, that was a suck ass point. <laughs> That's one of those. I, when that happens, you're just like, um, great. Because you see, you know, he's hurting really bad. Yeah. And that the look on his face when he drops it, that I cannot believe I just did that. How stupid. Yeah, because I think he realized it was broken. There was no way to fix it. Yeah. It's, oh, man. Like, this, the amount of screwed there, they just end up in in one second. And just, like, how all their entire system, it shows you how frail life can be, especially out there in space, man. Space, yeah. you think you think things like, you know, mountain ranges and mountaintop climbing and wilderness uh, hiking is dangerous. Man, out there in space, if you're out there by yourself, no one else around, like you got to think about the people like over an international space station and stuff. If certain things go wrong, we can't go rescue them. You know how long it'd take to mount a rescue out there? Yeah. I mean, like space is so unforgiving. I mean, wilderness is too. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> in the wilderness, you you would have a greater chance than the amount of space that's out there, even in one solar system like that. People taking like the long ways round and stuff. You get yeah. screwed out in the wrong place, man. You you can be just totally screwed. Yeah. And that was kind of their situation, man. They just they were really screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the break, Miles talks to the crew and tells them that he has two shuttles for the crew to be on. He tells the crew that he will stay behind while the other split into crews going to the two remaining shuttles. Then watch that he will send another beacon to see if they will come to help Mal again. And everyone gets prepared to go to the shuttles. But Nara runs to Mal being overly concerned and feel like he doesn't have to die with the ship. Yeah, I like how she says it too. It's like, this isn't Earth that was. The captain doesn't have to go down with the ship. Yeah. And it's like, well, it may not be old Earth that was, which would be Earth here now. It may not be old old Earth that was, but it's kind of, you know, it is kind of an important thing that, and he, the way he puts it is right. It's like, yeah, but if somebody answers the beacon, somebody does have to be there. Because, I mean, like, that's, you're a captain of a ship like that, man. That's your life. That's your, that's, Every, that's your home. That's your life. That's the people who in your crew. That's their home, their life. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's uh, in his rational way of putting it was, you know, which if somebody answers the beacon and uh, yeah, so they do two to a sh uh, shuttle or three to a shuttle, whatever it was, Anara and Jane. Yeah, I forgot which who goes in river or something with one in one or something like that. And then of course Simon, Zoe, and uh Wash in the other one. And anyway, yeah, and uh basically don't let Jane take control. You're paid up to the end of the month. That's your ship. I may have to owe you on the deposit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? Cause it's funny how Wash decides that oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to send another big beacon signal. Cause it, oh no, that was the callback button. That was the callback button. Is this? It's funny because he thought it was stupid earlier, and he decided to just. Well, no, no. Th like, this was this was something different. This was because uh, he starts heading towards the cockpit, and Mal's like, "Well, shuttles are that way," and so he wants to do a callback beacon. 
so yeah. that if something happens, Mal can press it and then it'll call the shuttles back. Oh yeah. That's what that was for. Yeah. So that he was saying if your miracle comes, you can get everybody back to the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen this stuff way too much. But I'm you okay have. <laughs> well, it's it's also me rewatching it with people getting them into it. Yeah. So, because I'll be like, you know, yeah, watch this with me. I think you'll really like it. So I'll sit and like, we'll just sit and binge watch it over a night or two. And so that's that's one of the reasons I've seen it so much because it's such a good show that it's one I like to share with people. Yeah. So especially if I'm trying to like get them into sci-fi, this is a really good like segue show because it sounds so dumb when you explain it to somebody. Well, what is it? Well, it's a spaghetti Western kind of in space with bandits and they go, well, that sounds really stupid, but it's really good. And they go, no, it isn't. Tell you what, watch it with me. Give me, give me three episodes. If you watch it, you don't like it. We don't have to watch it anymore. Come the end of the second or third episode, they go, how much more is there? <laughs> and then they're, and then you say, well, yeah, I mean like sci-fi is good like this. And then that's a really good segue to get people into sci-fi. Cause it's something that they think they totally would hate and sounds so dumb. But then whenever they watch it, they go, well, maybe this sci-fi stuff's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, he puts in the callback button and everybody starts getting ready for to to go to their ships. Is and they talk everything up. You know, I knew I kind of knew that Nara was gonna be concerned about Mal because you know she has a crush on him and she doesn't want to admit. Oh yeah, they both have that. They have that unspoken. I'm dying for you, but I could never admit it. They're both just too. They're too stubborn and and just proud to to admit. Yeah. To to what they really want and how they actually feel. So everybody's had that. Even in this moment of life and death, they still won't admit it. It It's like Jesus. (laughs) And and they have like and they have so many opportunities where like they get so close. And every time you're just like, come on, come on, come oh man, really? Because they're just so stubborn. Like, I mean, just so, just super stubborn. And then they just fall back on, on messing with each other. And, and then just finally one of the other, one of them getting angry. Yeah. Fine, fine. And throw up their hands and turn around, <laughs> walk the other direction. Yeah. And after this scene, we get like a flashback scene with, when Ma- Mao and Anara meet for the first time. And yeah. she about she wants to rent the place, but she has to have piracy. No one's allowed in her room until she says so. Yeah, She's, she also ha- wants no one, no one in the ship to, uh, to have anyone from the ship to have service, right? Or disturb her clients, she, right? It's like whenever she has clients, she's pretty much like she has full autonomy. Basically, like, her shuttle is its own private shuttle area that is hers and only hers and her and her clients. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and even, like, you're going to give me it at a less price, too. Yeah, she wanted a discount. And she, he's like, wow, that's a lot of caveats and addendums. And the point is that because she feels that he wants her. 
<laughs> well, it's that, and then she already realizes what they do, and it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna take me, not the farmer or prospector and his and his wife, because I can get you access to places where otherwise you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, basically, like totally on to the fact of what they actually do, because they were trying to kind of like hide under the radar. They're trying to hide. Mm-hmm. It's just a generalized cargo. Yeah, and then Mal. After she said that she wants respect, and then Mal says a couple of things, and then he decides to agree with her to stay. It's just, yeah. It's just so funny. She wanted so many things, and it's just like, the funny thing well, is that that, that rule is kind of disrespected now, because Mal just walks into a room whenever he feels like it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like all these, like a lot of these, these little restrictions that are put up right there, except for like, you know, not servicing the crew and, and, you know, a lot yeah. of the privacy stuff and uh, all that, like a lot of them just get like, and the term he uses to define her by, which she says he will never do again. He agrees. And then of course, does oh yeah, again. he calls, I think he called her a whore or something like that. That is it. And uh, <laughs> no, pretty much all that stuff just like goes right out the window in no time. <laughs> they don't but you yeah, she, call me that again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but she, she had all the bargaining power there because she was right. I mean, having a companion on your ship, it's like, Pretty much every port is open to you. Just about. I just and like. So, I just like how it's like. I could feel you want me. It's like please. It's like it's just funny because she wants him too. And she wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like what? It's like to get the ship. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, the ship. <laughs> you could already. You could tell he like he had a thing for her as soon as they met. I mean, they both did, and that's why I think they went so quick on the defensive against each other, is because yeah. they both realized it, and it was like, oh, no, no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah, she calls the shuttle kind of small-ish. And yeah, he's like, she... it's a perfectly reasonable size. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, the scene cuts back to Nora trying to convince Mal to go to the shuttle. And he wants to stay with Serenity and he has to die alone. Yeah, and he uses the the general Braveheart line I, of uh, everyone dies alone. Yeah, he did say that. Which, I mean, that's true, man. Everybody dies alone. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, someone could be sitting there, but they're not exactly like dying too right there with you. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened, so like everybody dies alone, and that's that's a very soldier way of thinking too. Yeah, and that's also part of the whole put on your brave face type thing. Mm-hmm. Because make no mistake, that whole time you know Mal's scared. Yeah, of course he is. He just doesn't like to admit that he's scared. <laughs> well, he can't. You know, I mean, you have to be real careful in that kind of in a leadership situation. Because as soon as the leadership falls, well, that's when everything starts cascading. So, but yeah, like, he's, of course, just like both of them, they're being stubborn. But I I get his point, too, because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to leave your livelihood. Yeah, and that's, the ship is his baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone like him, he feels like he got away from 
you know, not all the stuff, but he got, he was able to get away to somewhere where he was happy and able to be himself and be want to be who he wants to be. And you don't want to leave that behind. Yeah. That's rough. So yeah. And what was the next part? It's the, it cuts the scene cuts to a mile and watch talking and watch him to press the button, the signal, <laughs> the two shuttles come help him if he ever needs it. Uh, right. And then, oh, he was telling him how to, what button to press. That's what it was. Yeah, telling him if your miracle comes. Yeah, and then Mal talks to Jane and tells him that there's, there's a suit they left for him if things get worse. Yeah, and Jane, then, uh, Jane's like, I prepped you too. Like, you really see how that Jane actually cares. Yeah, he's still on the like, side. This, this yeah. Episode. Because he's like, I prepped you a suit. It's sitting there in case it gets to that point where, you know, the oxygen's gone and starts sealing off all the, uh, the different bulkheads. So, you know, all the oxygen can stay in one main confined area. So it'll last longer. And yeah, everybody's kind of trying to prep the, the ship for him and prep the shuttles. Mm-hmm. And then Miles says he won't be needing it. And then. Jane nods and everyone decides to leave it with the shuttle. And Nara gives uh, Mal one last look before she leaves. <laughs> that one last little glance. Oh, we, we didn't cover that. The plan was for them to take the shuttles, fly in different directions. Yeah. And whoever hopefully could get help could go get help because they didn't weren't able to reach a planet or anything else or even a main shipping way. But the shuttles have beacons. And so their hope is to spread... You know, each direction, one going one way, one going the other. And hopefully somebody will pick up the beacon so they can turn around and get everybody back to the ship for the repair. Or at least, you know, get everybody to go get help or, you know, whatever they were able to do. And then at that point, Mal goes back up to the cockpit, seals it, wraps up the blanket because, you know, it's about to start getting cold. And is basically just, well, we're waiting. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he and does it, take a nap to control. Yeah, what? no, I do see that. I did write that they takes a nap to by the controls, and then there's someone right. that tries to sneak over, sneak, signal him in, and there's like a static. Yeah, and he wakes up, and somebody's somebody had been sending a transmission. He's asleep, and then he wakes up, and the transmission stops. All you hear, and then a big old bright lights come up in the cockpit, in the head of yeah. the cockpit glass. And it's a salvage ship. Um, yeah. And they have a conversation about, you know, what he needs. They scan this uh, mouse ship and uh, see that what's wrong, that what the, he said is wrong with it. They go look for a part and then they agree no weapons. And, you know, he'll help them. The guy, the salvage people will help him with the part. Yeah. That they have the part and uh, they agree no weapons and all that stuff. And so everything is a green. So Mal lets him in. Oh, yeah. Which is a and huh? It was a bad idea. <laughs> it, yeah, it turns out to be a bad idea because they all like their arm. And Mal's basically like, look, you know, I just need the part. You just look around. I think we have a values here on the deck. Take whatever you think is fair and then just go. And yeah. uh, like Mal was pretty much saying, you know, look, I need the part to survive. All this stuff I don't care about as long as I can get my my ship, get my people back, 
uh, which he didn't say anything about the people. He yeah. just said basically he was alone, but that's his, you know, which he was, which that was his train of thinking, you know, just get the part, get the ship going, get my people back. We can figure the rest out. And the guy's like, well, we already decided what we wanted. Yeah. And this is where you find out what was wrong with Mal show began and it yeah. turns out that the guy shot him when they found out his guys went out and checked the ship came back no one else on the ship and then the guy the lead salvage guy shot him yeah and uh you find out that he got shot in the lower abdomen kind of to the side and uh that's where all the blood was coming from yeah and, and then like the whole this whole part comes out you know that basically they were wanting to take and salvage the ship and take whatever he had. You know, it's interesting that Mal after when Mal gets up and he like gets the gun pointed at them and tells them yeah. to leave the ship. And yeah, give them the uh, part. I didn't see that. I didn't expect that to happen. To be honest. Oh yeah, in a situation like that, you always have weapons stashed. Always, if you're if you're in that kind of line of work. Always have weapons stashed, and it was clever where he had it too because he had it right there on that. It was basically like a large type pallet of something, and it's like underneath right there. And whenever he hit the ground from the shot, he just kind of grabs it and he's like, Hey, yeah. and he just kind of gets the drop on him. Yeah. And uh, I love what the guy's saying. He's like, Well, if it was you this end, you would have done the same thing. And Mal's response, classic bow, ah, we can already see I have it now. Go. <laughs> And then yeah. that's when he gets the part, starts going towards the engine room, he falls, and then you're right there back at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, and it seems like those guys did not want to, they decided to leave because they didn't probably want to get shot, or they just didn't want, they thought the guy was going to die anyway, so it's like, let's not even bother with it, let's just get Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you pretty much, because I mean, in a situation like that on their side, your best bet at that point is just to go because yeah. is it worth one of your crew to take the ship? Cause one of them is obviously going to get shot and possibly die. Yeah. I don't the, think they wanted that. Yeah. The other person on that crew, if y'all are all close, especially like they seem like they were uh, in that little interaction, at least like, you know, as a unit type style close, you know, the other person's going to be like, wait a second, why'd you let them die when we could have got, you know, just walked away yeah. Was that life worth the profit of this old, old, beat up looking Firefly class? <laughs> yeah. And because they're considered that, that ship is considered like an a outdated ship, unless you know how to work it. It's kind of like a Honda Civic of spaceship oh. on its own. <laughs> it's not really that much of a car, but if you know how to work on a car and you know how to do an engine and stuff like that and mod mm -hmm. a Civic, you can make it into a really, really nice car yeah. that can run really fast and race very well. But yeah, and it's just like Mal, of course, is just like, yeah, you can go now. And they're just like, yeah, okay. So, because I mean, you don't really have a choice at that point, unless yeah. you're unless you're just ruthless. Then, but then that's just a way to have turnover and crew, especially in space. Yeah, because word gets around if you're like that. Yeah, and then there's a flashback scene where Zoe and Mommy's Jane. Yeah, and Jane this has, was great. <laughs> Jane has two men pointing a gun at him. 
and Jane and the other two men wanted their stuff at a certain price. But somehow Mal convinces Jane that he would have room for him to stay and he'll pay double the price for it. Yeah, pretty much be like, yeah, you'll get your own, all the perks, run of the kitchen. And it turns out like Jane's having to sleep in the same bunk with the big smelly guy with the handlebar mustache and stuff. And he's like, yeah, up your percentage because they can't like because they buried. (laughs) And it's like and Jane was the one that actually tracked them down. Apparently not an easy task. Yeah. And uh, it's like, yeah, all right. So they just pretty much like undercut. And one dude's like, this ain't funny. He's like, I'm not laughing. Shoots him in the leg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Points his shoots gun the at guy. the other dude. And he's like, how much? <laughs> I wasn't expecting to shoot those guys, but he did. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't kill them both. That's what yeah. surprised me. But yeah, it's, it's like they straight just undercut Jane from those guys. I was like, yeah, that's how you do it right there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, Jane Jane is not very smart, generally, but he can kill something, he can track something, and he can he can get out of a sticky situation pretty well. Yeah. He may not always be, the, especially with good guidance, he can get out of a good situation. I mean, he's, he's a good support guy to have your back, but yeah. you can't trust him. You got to watch him. And you got to make sure you stay on top of him because he's one of those kinds that he and until he becomes like a loyal person, part of the you know loyal crew, he's one of those people you got to watch because they may try and decide that they want more out of the situation. Yeah, but he's a good like he's a good you know well, he's a he good. Already, little, I noticed he already has because he has his character development already. He's not that. I mean, since the last episode, he's not the same person he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and coming up soon, his character develops even more. Um, you get to actually see him become seriously, like, committed to his life on that ship. And it's it's a really big, like, turn for him. I mean, you know, he stays a little asshole, but but he, he makes that big turn coming up real soon. And it's really cool to see how it happens. Um, yeah. It fascinated me to watch his character develop. Those are my favorite character develops. Some of my favorite character develops in shows. I just like to see those guys that that were like kind of distance coming in and really joining in. I'm just glad they didn't erase the character development. They just kept it there because some shows. Oh, next episode comes in, all the character development is gone. <laughs> yeah, they like they Simpsons. Basically, every episode is just like a. The slate was wiped clean from the last episode. Nobody learned nothing. Everybody's just the same <laughs> as they were 50 episodes ago. And that could be that. fun for a while. Yeah, like that could be fun for something like The Simpsons or Family Guy. But in a show like that, like Firefly, yeah, you've got to like, you've got to keep that yeah. character development. So, and, and yeah, I'm glad they kept it because if they would have just gone by like a monster of the week type formula with or you know baddie of the week, however you say it, formula, no yeah. character development, then that show would have would never have been near as good. Yeah, after the guys leave from the that wanted the ship, Mao collapses and Mao decides he tries to get up again. 
and he tries to put the catalyzer on the ship. He eventually got it. He already gets the part together, and it works. Um, he gets the ship back up and running, and he tries to walk to the signal to get this, the the two shuttles to arrive. And there's a montage, a montage scene of the rooms on the ship while he's walking over there. Yeah, I love the first person shot they did. Yeah, I did like that. Like, it was they should have. That's how they should have done Doom. <laughs> like that's what they should have done in Doom. It's like, dude, go back to Firefly and look at that first person shot right there. That right there. That's how you do that movie. Even though they, like, they, that was they perfect. Did, that first person scene was the best part of the movie. I think it was. It <laughs> really, really was. And it, but I mean, it wasn't like a good scene. The way there were good, there was good stuff about it, and there was bad stuff about it. But as far as the rest of the movie goes, no, yeah, that was, was pretty terrible. much like that's that's the part of the movie that was good. Yeah, the rest that's... of the movie was just, oh god, what were you thinking? <laughs> but, <laughs> like I don't know what the hell was going on in that writer's room, but the drugs they were on were not the good ones. <laughs> yeah. They were on the wrong drugs to write that movie. But no, yeah, the they do that first person walk up back up to the cockpit. That was a really good shot because it shows them kind of going in and out, kind of blacking out. Yeah. And uh, he tries to get there, and then it blacks out. Yeah, he yeah he faints, and then after he, he faints, the scene cuts to him waking up in the infirmary, and all the members are there watching him, and he's apparently getting blood from Wash. Simon said he was losing a lot of blood when he arrived, and he didn't get the signal in time. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't even make it. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's like, wait, did I call y'all back? And it's like, and uh, Zoe, wasn't it? So yeah, it was Zoe. Uh, it was like uh, we came back, and it was like, so you didn't follow orders. And she's like, won't happen again, sir. He's like, be sure. Oh, he's on very, very good pain meds, by the way. Yeah, and and he's like, "Well, make sure it does." And he's like, "She's like, yes, sir." And Jane starts complaining about Anara's shit. Talk about it smells all funny. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "That was incense." Sure, it was. You know, I said the, I don't like the smell of incense, but oh, I just thought that was a really good like covert pot joke. <laughs> That's what it came off as to me. It's like as a really good like covert pot joke. I was just like, oh my god. I'm pretty sure it's incest, though. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but, like, that's, I'm saying, that's what Jane is trying to be like. It was something like, you know, something that messes with your head. And it just seemed like the writer who came up with that, like, as (laughs) whoever came up to put that, whether it was Joss Whedon or somebody in a writer's room, whoever put that in, I thought that was a pretty good, like, um, sublingual pot joke. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. But Jane is kind of an idiot. <laughs> he is. He is. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, they have that little argument. And Sam is just kind of like, all right, let's let him get asleep. And I like this part because Mal's like, hey, wait. Y'all going to be here when I get back up? Yeah. And they're all like, yeah. And he's like, good. And then he just knocks out. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, because I think he didn't. He was thinking that this wasn't real. That was like a dream, and he was oh, yeah. hoping for it not to be a dream. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you could tell he loves his crew. 
Yeah. You can tell. I mean, even when he's like doing everything wrong, so to say, mm-hmm. he's still always trying to look out for them. Like he he really does. You can tell he loves what he does. He loves his crew and he just loves that life. Like just being with them and just kind of, even though they're like barely making it and everything still like even some of the best times in my life have been when I've had, some of the biggest trouble, like money troubles and things like that. Like, you know, it's not necessarily about what you have. It's about what you understand. And he really lives in. At least yeah. that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then it gets to the actual flashback. Buying yeah. a ship. And this is where you hear the line, sales guy, this type of ship will be with you till the day you die. Yeah. And they do the little pan out shot, and you see the large rocket ship. And he, the salesman's actually talking about that big ship. And as Mal turns around, he sees the uh, Serenity just sitting out there, an old tossed aside piece of junk. Yeah, that he just falls in love with. Yeah, he says, "I want that one." He's like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> it's like, "Yes, your son. This is a great <laughs> ship." And it's like, "No, that one." And because at the beginning, he's like, I already got a name all picked out. And it's the name for the battle that you see. The place was called uh, Serenity Valley. Yeah. That battle you see in the first episode in the opening is that battle where they were the brown coats fighting for independence. That was the turn of the entire war of independence for the outer planets that were fighting for independence away from the Alliance. And so he named his ship after that battle mm-hmm. as one of the most defining points in that war. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like, I still, that's still one of my favorite ships. Like it looks like an old junker, but it's one of those ships. It's like, yeah, it may look like crap, but all the TLC is on the inside and what counts. <laughs> you know, and so therefore you look at something like that and you instantly underestimate it. And yeah. that's what gives that's one of the biggest flaws in battle, underestimating your opponent. Because if you underestimate your opponent, you're sure to lose. Unless you get some luck. Underestimating your opponent can be the quickest way to lose any kind of conflict, battle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you go in with them underestimating you, you already have the instant, you know, instant yeah. advantage. So, yeah, I, I mean, plus it's kind of like that's how he felt being tossed aside and thrown aside because the people who fought for independence are seen as like, you know, turncoats to scum, stuff like that. It's like that's how he felt society, tossed, thrown away. Yeah. It's a really like the way he does all that is really symbolic, like especially after a couple watch throughs, you start seeing all that symbol that's in these underlining scenes. It's, yeah. it really puts it together. Yeah. So what did you think about seeing the ship just parked there on the outside? It was a nice icing on the cake on ending the episode. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is like that. Like Jamestown in this episode just, they're two beautifully written, beautifully done episodes. They're, they're, I think, to me, it's two really good examples of, of not only good writing, good yeah. like videography, just the way the whole 
structures done. Mm -hmm. It's like the really good lessons on writing. If anyone getting like want to get into writing and things like that, screenwriting or any kind, short stories, books, it's a really good display on how to write comedy stories with the underlining seriousness and then just like a character development story and how to show use the element of imminent danger mm -hmm. and character development and flashbacks. Yeah. I really like the transitions. Yeah, it's like a good way of doing that. It was these, like I told you, these are two of the greatest episodes out of the whole series. I mean, the other ones are great and wonderful, but these are two of my, uh, is my standout favorites. Oh, I, overall. I honestly give this one a 10 because it's just like, it's, I don't know, it's just nicely written. It was perfect for me. The It really, it really makes you, it really makes you understand and characters a lot. Yeah. And it plus it sucks you into that really you feel invested that is around them and around and you really understand just how much mm -hmm. in their world how big their world is and how isolated it can be. Yeah. And there's a nice way to introduce all the characters in one episode. <laughs> it is, especially like the group how the how the a bunch of people can become a family. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's just primo. Even if you never watch any other episode of the series, this episode is a good watch, especially if you like sci-fi. This makes me wonder what happened to Bester after all this. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered that. I always wondered that. I mean, apparently he's like a super good mechanic, so I'm sure he got a job somewhere. <laughs> I'd rather Kaylee be there anyway. Yeah, Kaylee is really bad <laughs> <than> him. <laughs> Dude, Kaylee's a, such a sweetheart. She's awesome. She's like that one poppy kind of peppy person that kind of holds everybody together when everything's kind of kind of feels yeah. a little stretched out. She's kind of that like, hey, everybody, come on now. And this together type person. <laughs> oh, man. So how are you? How are you feeling on the series? Still I liking it. it a lot. I still like it a lot. I'm still good. I'm getting a little angry that I got canceled. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's only gonna get worse, but it's all right. <laughs> we fellow Firefly fans are here for you. God. We're here for you. We feel your pain. <laughs> Starting to realize it was not nostalgia why people like this thing. It was actually good. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just like this and Buffy are two of the things that really got Joss Whedon noticed. Yeah. And that's these like this and Buffy and like a bunch of other like several other things. But these two especially are two of the reasons that he got put on Marvel mm -hmm. because of his story writing and his ability to see an overlying story and put it all together or yeah. why he got signed on to, to write and do stuff for Marvel. And it it shows like these. This really shows his chops. So, yeah, he really knows how to write that family kind of people, like people how they be, how they suddenly become family after being friends for a long time. Yeah, and it's that friends and family and conflict and like the overall groups together, but there's conflict inside that group too, and. His his ability for it plays really well in this show. 
I mean, you see that in the Justice League movie as well. So yeah, but there were a lot of things lacking in that movie. <laughs> I like it. I I'm not, I'm like not a... saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm, I watched it. I know everybody else feels different about it, but I like it. It wasn't a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was an okay movie. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you got to see it. It was on awesome. But I mean, I watched it. It was all right. It could have been a lot better. Uh, it was better than Batman v Superman. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it's, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Every single, every single giant plot point in it, like every plot point and plot turn, hangs by like the smallest thread you could ever imagine. And they try and use these small little threads to connect things, and it's like y'all could have done better. <laughs> like y'all, this this story can drive itself. All you have to do is watch the Batman versus uh, Superman animated movie. If you want to see Batman versus Superman, that's what you watch. That is how it should have been done. It, mm-hmm. It's something in a tune of like that. You know, take that and put your own kind of flair and spin to it and build it your own way. But that general structure, and you would have been great. And you wouldn't even have, you could do it without even putting Green Arrow. But like the way they did it, they tried to use such little thin strings to connect things and then my problem with the justice league movie was that yeah they had a lot of cool stuff in it you could tell where the reshoots were yeah of course you could tell the character inconsistencies and come on y'all could have done way better to get the characters together and introduce the characters than that yeah that's one thing that they were bad at they they sh- they rushed to make that they should have separated out. That's why Marvel did so well, is because they were able to do these separate movies stories, yeah. yeah, to build the characters and and make them known, and then throw them all together, and you're already comfortable with that group instead of just trying to like shoehorn everybody in and kind of like uh, develop their story without enough time, and they had like three hours to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what pissed me off. Like they, they like DC is trying to copy Marvel, but trying to go way too quick with. It. Yeah, that was their shortcoming. I don't think Which, they still learned that lesson. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. They're trying to run on profit motives instead of actually listening to fans. Yeah. And that's another thing is is Marvel is really good. Like just like DC does with their animated stuff. They play to fans, but yeah. their big budget movies, they're not like, they don't play to fans. They play to, to bottom lines. Yeah, pretty much. So they just go cobble together. <laughs> Drives you nuts. Drives you nuts. It does. It's like you're, there's a demographic because, and that demographic's growing every year. Yeah. So it's not like if you play to the demographic that loves it, you're only reaching a niche market. That demographic is growing more and more. Yeah. And instead of listening to that demographic, they're still just trying to do it. Like they're just, that demographic isn't as large as it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So is is there anything else to say about this episode? Uh, Uh, Anything else I want to say about the episode? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. uh, The phone went off and I had to, that's what I thought you said. Sorry. <laughs> no, man. Uh, 
the next episodes. I have to check what's the next episodes. I are really good. I think Ariel was the next one. I didn't check it out. Um, and then I can't remember what's after Ariel. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, the next two episodes are, are good. Anything else you got to say about this episode? Not really. I can't say anything else. Let's okay. see. It's Ariel and War Stories. Ariel and War Stories. Okay. Yeah. Ariel is good. War Stories, it's our, It's an all right episode. I mean, all, like I say, all the episodes are good and great. But uh, on the list of the episodes for the series, this one's this one's all right. It's kind of a little bit of a filler okay. type episode, but it actually it tells storyline, but it's kind of a filler too. But uh, it's a decent episode. It's good all around. Not one of my favorites. It's one of my lower, like okay. on the. I'll on the see that if I think the same. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could get together and get those talked about. Yeah, eventually. So I had, eventually, I still have to watch those episodes. And yeah, hey, that's fine. I still have to rewatch them too. So yeah. don't feel bad because I'm like <laughs> refresh. I'm doing. I'm doing refresher every time we do this. Like before we record each time, I try and sit down and watch the episodes. Either if we're recording all together back to back, or you know, re- watch one then watch the other one before we record. Each, like a bit, at least that day or so, or day or or so before we record so i can make sure i'm like you know i got it fresh in my head yeah i'm just just glad they did this story because you know it would have sucked that they never did this um story oh Um, yeah this this show this 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 story really kind of brings a lot together especially when you keep watching and see more character develop this this story is really the turning point kind of of the show uh have you ever seen a series called trigon uh no i haven't seen it my boyfriend saw it. it's an anime yeah yeah it's really good um there's one point in the story because that first part it's like I really light-hearted i added to my then, list of animes to watch but i haven't got to it it's yet. good there's one point where it's really light-hearted and the story kind of turns and it trying to check takes a different tone mm-hmm. this this is kind of that episode for this series this is where the story kind of turns and it really starts getting more more driven and the whole life and who they are really starts coming together. Yeah. And so yeah. It's it's a big turning point that was that like you said is really good that they did. They did it really I'm just saying it's good they did it because it would have sucked that the series gets canceled and you don't know. How the whole oh, yeah. thing started. That would like drive you nuts. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Just like not knowing the whole begin the entirety of the beginning now. Now that you know it, it's like that would be a crime to have been canceled. Because <laughs> yeah. cause like now that you know that it really just humanizes all of the characters. Yeah. Well, except for Jane. It does him a little bit. <laughs> but how much can you really humanize Jane? Well, they did humanize Jane now, so yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it it was a really just uh, it's the first time I watched that episode. I was just like in awe because yeah. just how how the entirety of how the way that episode just humanizes 
all of them so well and tells its story so well. Yeah, it was nicely done. <laughs> it was. It, it's actually one of those rep- episodes as a writer that I was just like, I want to be able to write like that. Yeah. You know, like I want to be able to write a story that's that good and that well, you know, put together and just that it's one of those stories as a writer that you really learn how to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's pretty <laughs> much it for this episode. So, all right. <laughs> Y'all be safe out there with everything going on, man. Yeah. Hopefully everyone will recover with the coronavirus and yeah. <laughs> Woo, Corona 2020 and not the beard. Yeah. It's like everyone's uh, new year got fucked with this thing. <laughs> Dude. It's like, this, this would was... be my year. This would be my year that I'm going to make it. And then this comes in. It's like, definitely not your year. <laughs> this is this is the, it cannot get any worse than this. And then you go, fuck, I had to say that, didn't I? <laughs> Just when you think it couldn't get any worse. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> ding ding. I'm here. And this is yeah. fucked for everybody the whole time. It is. <laughs> oh yeah. Especially like the idiots that aren't being careful. Oh yeah. Y'all, this stuff is serious, man. <laughs> everybody thinks everybody thinks, well, the US hasn't gotten it that bad yet. No, not yet, but it's about to get worse. We're just look. When I was talking to my wife about this, I said, look, basically, this whole coronavirus game, think of it as a, a coronavirus thing. Think about it as a poker game. Right now, we're just now getting our cards. We haven't even seen the river or the flop. We're already getting our cards thinking we won, and nothing even is happening yet. Yeah, because it's as soon as everything start, as soon as uh, the next part comes to this, people are gonna be like, "Oh, really? It's gonna get. It's probably gonna get pretty bad." Yeah, I mean, it's already getting bad. <laughs> oh, this is nothing. This is absolutely nothing. I hope I'm wrong. Oh, I hope I'm so so wrong. I mm. really do. I would delight. I normally do not delight in being wrong. I would so hope to be wrong about this. Please let me be wrong. I hope I am so wrong. But yeah, (laughs) it's going to get pretty bad, especially if people aren't aren't careful and don't wise up. So y'all just take care of yourselves out there, man. You too. Yeah, I know. I have to take care of myself. So far, no symptoms. So (laughs) That's good. That's good. Everything's completely uh, normal for me so far. Well, I mean, I live too, so... I live in Alabama, so nothing's ever normal. <laughs> yeah. But that's all right. That's all right. You just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Yeah. So I hope you guys start, I mean, enjoy this podcast and tune, tune in for the next episode. So see, see you guys later. <laughs> Laters. <laughs>